see, now we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Neighbors Wisdom, a Legend of Zelda podcast. And it's not only episode two of Neighbors Wisdom, but episode two and part two of our Breath of the Wild series. I'm your host, Luke, also known as Tippy Town, accompanied by Wendy. Hey, it's Wendy. <laughs> and? Hi. And Punk Bungus. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, how's it going? I'm eating, <laughs> I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating caramels. Just Dylan. Just also refer to him as Dylan, please. Oh, I forgot oh. to check. How's my sound? How do I sound to you guys? Fine? You sound, sound great. perfect. Great. All right, that's cool. So, um, last where we left off in episode one, as I put it, we were jumping off the gatepost town ruins. Or that's where we landed. We were jumping off the Great Plateau into the gatepost town ruins. And uh, for the most part, we're going to, from here until we get to Kakariko Village, we're going to kind of follow my experience, just because it's easier to, for me to take note of that than to ask you guys what you did and hope you remember, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason why I did a gatepost town ruins, and if you remember going there, you'll find a couple fighting some bokoblins, Mina and Mills. They both have, I think Mina has like a whitish hair. Mills has like brownish hair. They, they have the, the trap, like the NPC traveler look. And they'll be fighting some bokoblins. And if you kill them for them, um, whichever person you talk to first will like say something to you to like, for example, I remember... I killed the the bokoblin in front of Mina. And then when I spoke to her, she's like, you got away with a sword, don't you? Then she gave me some tough, tough poultry curry, which was also like my first sort of introduction to the cooking in this game, more in depth than what happened on the Great Plateau. Because like on the Great Plateau, you if you find um, the old man's shack or King Romus for Amasaru, you find his shack and he has like the recipe for like the spicy meat, uh, whatever, spicy meat skewers or whatever to get you like warm enough to get to the last shrine that like uh, the ice, the cryonic shrine. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a little what you know, but when you see like the, the little image for the tough poultry curry, you're like, Oh, this game has like food, food. This game, this game goes hard. Yeah. This game has real fucking meals. It's kind of, we, we do cool. it. We do a Babbage simulator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is this is um because you know there was no cooking mama on the switch, so this game did it all. <laughs> this is cooking mama for the switch. Yeah. Well, the there was mama, there was that fake one. Well, it was the real one, but someone somewhere in the in the development team messed up, and there's uh, like like fraud. Like, yeah, they're <laughs> they committed hunting, fraud. They're hunting some cryptocurrencies. But can you really blame them? Yes, yes, you can. You can. Anyway, that is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so as we move on, oh, by the way, Mina and Mills, they're treasure hunters. <laughs> After you save Mina, you talk to Mills. He's like, thanks for helping back there. Oh, maybe it was a little bit dangerous to bring her here. And it's like, you know what, Mills? Maybe it was. And they're kind of hanging around the gatepost town ruins. And obviously, mechanically, what I'm about to tell you next is supposed to serve the player. They're looking for treasure. And um, so I went around the corner into like the ruin, and in the corner I used magnesis. I was like, "There, if they're looking for treasure, there's probably something here." And sure enough, there was a chest, and like here they are, like, you know, about to die. <laughs> they don't realize that the treasure they're looking for is just right around the corner. 
And you just and now, steal it. Yeah, and now I just take it from them. But now they're also they're never gonna find it because um because I took it, you know. So it is what it is. You you've then, you've committed the first of many asshole link moments. <laughs> link Link is an asshole in this case. He's a bit of an like, asshole, but not like a bad asshole, like a fun asshole. Like I think it's emphasized. Asshole. Like an asshole you'd be friends with. Like he's like he's a little bit snarky, you know. He's sassy. He'll roast you. He's it's just, emphasized um, so much in this section of the game too, which I'll get into later. <laughs> Whoa, and just bringing some foreshadowing. He's he's just the the in Fallout Four. There's uh four options for dialogue, and on the Xbox, the X button always just makes you say sar- sarcastic bullshit. He's just that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Link, Link's Link's personality is the X button on Fallout Four's dialogue. <laughs> It's really good though. Like I really love it. It's really solid. It's probably the best link. Better than Himbo Twilight Princess Link, which I'll get more into when I finally, when uh, eventually someday I go over Twilight Princess. But anyway, we are about what? Are, what day are we recording this? Was like the 29th? So we're two mm-hmm. days away from um, Halloween. So for all your for all those spooky loving fans out there, I'm gonna throw in a little bone for you guys. So if you have the DLC. And you go a little bit north, a ways north uh, of uh, the Gatepost Town Ruins, you'll find the Colomo Garrison Ruins. And there, if you have the DLC, you'll find uh, a treasure chest in the earth um, containing Majora's Mask. And that's, um, not only is it a cool Easter egg, but it has a practical value in that all monsters, except all monsters will ignore you, except for Lionel's. But that doesn't mean wildlife will ignore you. Wolves will still attack you because they see you as a threat. Uh, either way and they're not they're not um you know pawns of ganon but monsters so like lizalfos moblins and bokoblins um i'm not sure about whiz robes but definitely those main three monsters will uh leave you alone it's just a little quick there then so from that area i kind of like messed around a little bit and i had i had a east to the outpost ruins and then you know there's like a bunch of moblins there a bunch of moblins bokoblins then I headed, I headed even more east to the East Post Ruins again. There's more stuff there. And there's this shrine, the, the Boshkala Shrine, that's, like, pretty hidden. And I didn't realize at first. But then I was walking on Proxim Bridge. It's the one behind the bridge, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one. I had like, the exact same interaction. So l- let me tell you what happened. I, I, like, stood on the bridge because if you're looking at the map, you'll see, like, a little peninsula sticking forward of the squabble river below the owlin bridge so so this is like really specific if you just have your game open you can look at it i'm looking this little peninsula right there and there's like a decayed guardian there and i don't know why i just felt like i mean this game you can do whatever you want so i was like if i want to stay on the bridge i'll stand on the bridge and then i stood on the bridge and the camera angle changes and all of a sudden you, you get pulled into dialogue and the guy's name is Brigo. Mm-hmm. And then he says to you, Hey, don't be so rash. You won't change the world by endlessly jumping to your doom. Don't you know? That would only do one thing. And that's drive me batty. Seriously. Think of the shock I'd suffer seeing something like that. Now calm down and climb off the rail. And don't climb down that way. Climb down this way. And then from talking to him, you can see the shrine in the background. <laughs> it's really cool that he like he cares about a stranger. And I think this guy is based off um 
Um, there's this guy from like way back when, Sergeant Kevin Kevin Briggs, was this um, was this a former I think police highway patrol officer, in uh, San Francisco, and he's like, uh, what he's known for was a, uh, basically talking a lot of people from. From prevent from like uh, jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, preventing their suicide. So I don't know if it's a direct reference, but I mean his name is Brigo, and the guy's name is Briggs, oh, and he, he could, basically could tells be a reference. to jump off. It's it. I can't. The thing is, I just can't say what certainty it is, but I think it is. Like it definitely is. So that's really cool. I couldn't say with certainty, but it definitely is. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not speaking in academic jargon, but you know what I mean when I say I can't say that it is, but like it is. Come on, come on, it has to be. It sure sounds like it. I don't know how who Nintendo would know that. Who would, yeah, know that. who at Nintendo would know that? <laughs> That's really interesting, though. It's really cool. Then I kind of messed around there, and you would think with uh, being told to go to like Kakariko, I would have just kept going. But then I think I saw. I don't remember. I think I saw or had the desire to keep exploring this area a bit more. So I went north, then I stumbled on the Riverside Stable in the Wagokata Shrine. Mm. And there was the first time I met Beetle. Who, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that isn't telling. Some people really like Beetle. I'm not a big fan, at least in this game. I, I don't like- mind him I don't mind him in Wind Waker and Skyward Sword. But in this game, he really, um, he really irks me. Just because, and you won't, and you won't have this happen to you like right away when you first meet him. But um, if you ever have a beetle on you, you know his namesake, he he'll he'll ask you for it, and if you say no, he has like a whispering dialogue, which is what, like, which is just yeah. noted by like small small font, mm-hmm. and he's like, just when when you're sleeping, or like he'll come up behind you and like bonk you on the head and steal it from you. So I'm like, now that I know that he's a he's a freaking oh so Beatles Beatles got some screws loose. Beatles is worse than Ganon, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Beatles the real enemy of Breath of the Wild. There's there's two people in this game, and they're actually like from where I met them, like super close to each other that are worse than Ganon. For me, it's it's Beetle, and then if we keep going north, I saw that other shrine, the Gila Rao shrine at the Floret Sandbar. And then it's the flower girl. Oh no! This bitch. As bad as Ganon. Nah, she's worse. (laughs) She's she's fucking worse. (laughs) So so basically, and I didn't bother to remember her name, but flower girl is good enough. Um, Basically, if you don't flower bitch. (laughs) Relax, relax. (laughs) If you don't know, there's a shrine there, and around the shrine is like a maze of flowers. And if you touch the flower with your with your body, with your weapon accidentally, or anything, she will get mad. If you she breathe, will... if you breathe on these motherfuckers wrong, <laughs> she will get mad. And she pulls you back, and you have to start over again. But if you do it a certain amount of time, she snaps, and you get this little cutscene where she runs around, and then she like charges towards you. The screen cuts to black. You hear Link like scream like this blood let out this blood curdling scream and then you're left with like one heart and you have to start over again so it took the first time i did it, it took me a few times and then afterwards i just made a bunch of cryonis blocks to hop back on my horse and i kept heading up north 
like I wanted to get a little close to Hyrule Castle, but I knew there's going to be like, you know, it just looks scary. So I didn't want to go all the way there. But then since just I want to have just want to have a, a sneak peek. Yeah, you know, I just want to just want to see the game. Like when you play this game for the first time, it's so big you kind of want to see everything. So I kept going north, and then I saw the wetland stable in the Kaiyuan Shrine, and I'm like, oh, like there's a there's like a shrine right here. Like I have to go. Like let me just go. So I went, and there you'll meet you'll meet two notable people. The first one probably. Is this young girl being chased by a bokoblin on a bridge? Her name is Lika, and all she ever wants to do is just go for a walk and either sit or just hang out by the bridge. And she's always getting chased by a bokoblin. So you have either a moral obligation as a hero, the hero, to um, kill the bokoblin and help her out, or if you either take too long or decide not to, eventually she gets bonked on the head. She gets passed out. You see the stars spinning around her head, and then she, she gets she got- good. She got bonked in my game. She got bonked? I saved her. By accident. What do you mean by accident? I oh, I didn't get there in time. Also, a little little tidbit for you guys. A little, it's not a spoiler. It's just a little a little tip because, you know, there's a lot of Korok. There's 900 Korok seats. You know, this one might help you. There's a Korok seat directly under that bridge. That's all I'll say. I won't tell you. All right. All yeah. right. Cens- censor it. I didn't know that. Censor it. Here we go. <laughs> Censor it in the fucking I'm not episode. Censoring that. I didn't, tell you I didn't how to know get that. It. I didn't tell you how to get it. You're going to figure out. So, anyway, you go to Wetland Stable. And then the second interesting person you'll meet is Yolero. And uh, he, he's holding a torch. And there's like a sparring dummy in front of him. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and if you talk to him, he brags to you and tells you that he did it. And you're like, what? It's like he found the weapon. You know the one. Only the hero can wield. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, the legendary weapon. The one. The one. And then when you ask him what it is, he said it's called the Master Torch. Or at least least that's what he remembers it being called. (laughs) The torch that seals the darkness. (laughs) I mean, a a torch would seal darkness, would it not? I mean, yeah, man. That's uh, everybody kept. Everybody kept lit- telling me it seals the darkness, man. A lit torch, at least. I mean, I don't know. What, I don't know what a, a non-lit torch will do for that. But um, otherwise, he's a cool guy. Except he goes, he calls you a commoner pleb. That he has to get back to training. So then I was kind of turned off, and instead of like keep keep exploring, I felt like I had strayed too far, so I went back. So I kind of went. I went back the same way I, I came. I don't know why I didn't decide to explore further. Farther, I would have gone to Kakariko, like much simpler. You see the Sasraha slope, like I, I probably would have gone through there, but instead I went all the way back around. Oh, and then I remember this. This was like such a vivid memory for me. I heard the writing music, and then I just kind of hauled ass, and I ended up cutting like this. I was I was below the the bottomless swamp at this point, back near the at Riverside Stable. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of hauled ass through, and I saw the central tower with the writing music. I was really feeling myself. I was like, let me go get that tower. But then I go there, and I make it to the Hyrule Garrison Ruins. In this part of the game, this is the first time I met, like, a full guardian. And holy shit. I know if you you when we watched my, uh, my uh, permadeath run the other day. Because of that was my first playthrough, that's how like, I always play now. But, um... 
I know on my permanent death run that we I streamed the other day, I went and took him head on. But this, the first time I did it, I did not want to do anything near it. And I think I waited like 45 minutes so I, just so I could sneak to make it to the tower. Not even not even activate the tower. Just 45 minutes of waiting so I could make it to the tower. Only to find two stationary guardians there. <sighs> I think that, I that, tower, that tower is very stressful. It's very stressful if you're beginning. I think, of, and I mean, like, it's it's the first place, like, you, Central Hyrule is, like, the first place you get into. How would, how would you not want to go get that tower, right? Yeah. I think I died about five times just trying to climb fast enough, because then if you start climbing, you hear the lasers, and, like, beep, 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 and the only place you can take covers at, like, the next, like, little standing the area. The next little area. And yes. you get, you get maybe, you get maybe, like, half a second between getting on to... and them shooting. Yeah, and you have to, like, jump, either jump. Or like you have a potion that makes you climb faster, or whatever. And so that took me a few times. I finally activated Central Tower, then I could see everything, and I was I was very pleased with myself. And I think at one point I got really cocky and I tried going to Iron um, <laughs> Castle, and I made it to like the Sacred Ground ruins where there's the two the two guardians, and I just got absolutely killed. So then when I spawned back at Central Tower, I was like, let me go, let me just go to Kakariko. So then I crossed the Proxim Bridge again. I'm like following along. And then I see the Dueling Peaks Tower, and I'm like, oh, let me go get that tower. And that one wasn't anything particularly hard to get. It's pretty cool that you have the rocks, and um, like in, it's like in the water. It's, a, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, then I kept going, and you pass the actual Dueling Peaks, which is cool, because um, if, you, if you've seen the, uh, the original Legend of Zelda art, and uh, honestly, let me, let, me find a, let me find a picture to show you guys. So basically, in the original Legend of Zelda art, there's like a little drawing. Um, uh, there's like a little drawing of Link looking at the overworld, and um, it, it it there's like the two the two dueling peaks, and then mm -hmm. they like they like remade it in uh in Breath of the Wild. There's there's a lot of moments like that in in Breath of the Wild where they they take kind of. Uh... Uh, locations from the older games and like kind of do nods to them throughout the world i know what you mean because you're not talking about like mainstays like Zor there's always gonna be Zor's no. Like, no 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 like, no reference type of things no yeah. i mean i mean like there are there are certain locations that are like like verbatim copies from like ocarina and stuff yeah i mean there's always gonna be there's always gonna be you know Azor's domain in a Kakariko village, like that. That'll just always. That's like the formula. It's very repetitive. But this is the image I'm talking about. And like, see those two mountains? Those are like the original dueling peaks from like the 1986 art. So it's really cool to have those like actually back again. There's also Spectacle Rock, but there's always a some form of a Spectacle Rock in the in Legend of Zelda because it looks like spectacles, you know. And then here's the I still need the updated art. Pretty cool, huh? I thought so. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. then there's another shrine you can get the the Re Dahi shrine. And that's when you get like the probably the coolest thing from a shrine so far, which is like the climber's bandana. I didn't get that when I went in there for the first time. What do you mean? That's the only thing to get. Like, I know, but I the, oh, you grab the I just I just was like. Because, okay, so by this point, I had learned about the Master Sword, which I had learned much later. 
but I had learned like what you need to do to get the master sword. So I was just grinding shrines. <laughs> and I didn't even think like I, I thought like all the chests are like, oh, okay, there's gonna be like a sword in there or something, and I'm good on weapons, so I don't need to check it. And when you're starting off, you really do have limited uh space. Yeah. So I, I was just like, fuck it. I don't I don't need to go look at that thing. But then I learned <laughs> that it's a cool bandana that makes you climb quicker. Yeah, part of the climber set, which is like what I really like about this game, the armor in this game, which is just like fashion, is so nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oof, like if I had some of the clothes in that game, I'd be looking cool as hell. And you do, nice. you have the, the champion's tunic hoodie. Oh yeah, I do have my champion's tunic hoodie. I should have worn it to record. Mm, I just Oopsies. got mine in the game. Got... Oh, in the game? Yeah, like I, because, okay, so for the bandana, I completely forgot to get the chest like i was like all right i'm just trying to get this puzzle done and out and yeah and then i went and then that's when i went back and i was like wait a second i'm sure there's a chest in here i need to go back and find it and then i was like oh yeah it's right up there so now i need to to find a way to get up to that one and then i forgot to go back to um well to get you know my my tunic i had to go back because i had captured two memories i was like oh i should definitely go back and speak to (laughs) so yeah i did i feel like there's other things i'm missing like there's one chest i just couldn't get to and i was like oh yeah i'll come back to that so i just put a little star next to it i was like this is something i need to come back to that's a a classic wendy moment no it really is and then dying all the time so yeah dying all the time is your thing (laughs) so then if you keep going um there's the the ha dahamar shrine and then the dueling peak stable i always go like before i explore if there's like a shrine or something there i'll always like go to the shrine first and then i went back past the big twin bridge to the little bridge to the hickory woods there's bears there and something else uh, like you see like big bones there you know what i'm talking about you ever see those big bones in the ground do you know what those are uh, you guys probably don't because you haven't done this. No, it'll be I don't. For me to tell I you. don't. I don't know what they are, but no, I, I did they. see them. So in the Hickley Woods, you'll find some big bones, like in that little gap. If you look at the map, the space where there's no trees. Yeah. There's also a Korok seed there. I'm not gonna tell you where, but have fun. In so, Bubingo, right? No, no, there's there's a two Korok seeds in the Bubingo Forest. I'm talking about the Hickley Woods south of the forest, south of Bubingo yeah. Forest. So there's these big bones there. And you know how you have those high nixes, those big, uh, like ogre-looking monsters with the one eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the stalnoxes. So the skeleton ones—they only appear at night, but during the day they're just a pile of bones. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, also in the Hickley Woods, there's the Toto Saw Shrine, and you got to be a little bit clever to notice. But at this point, you should have the Sheikah Slinser. So if you're just exploring, you'll stumble upon it, and you'll see the the rocks in the wall and how they look different. So you should you should be able to get another shrine there. You can explore the Wubinga Forest. You get two Korok seeds. It's really fun. You see the ash swamp in the Battery Plain and like all these dead and they're dead. Every single one here is dead. All these dead freaking um, what's it called, guardians. And then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I have to go to Kakariko. Then you'll you'll run across Kakariko Bridge, or if you have your horse, you'll go across, and you'll notice. Either you'll be you'll have a clever eye and you'll notice a circle of rocks and a bunch of rocks standing by, and you'll be quick to realize at this point that hey maybe there's something to do with that. And if not, 
Maybe someday you'll realize. But uh, that's another Korok seed. And it's one of it's one of my favorite of the Korok puzzles where you have to throw the rocks into it. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, you know, I it's, love this. The Breath of the Wild has just has so many mini games, and then you have the Cooking Mama. You have, um, actually, I won't spoil the second one. And then you have uh, like these, this like you know the Mario basketball. They didn't make a new one for the Switch. Like, hey, let's just put it in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> the 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 three on three Mario game. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so when we, we get in the Super Slammers game, the Super Slammers. What the fuck? No, Superstar Baseball. Sorry. When are we getting a game called Super Mario Super Slammers? Wouldn't that just be Smash Bros? But like, no, Bros? Super Slambo boys. Super Slammers, Banana Slammers, Banana Slammers. That's just Donkey, Donkey Kong Country Kong Freeze with <laughs> the Tropical Freeze. The the true sequel to Breath of the Wild. Donkey Kong is actually the hero of um, Bananas. That's his like Link title. You know how every Link has like a hero of something. Yeah. He's the hero of bananas. Breath of the Wild Link is hero of fuck it. This is the fourth timeline. <laughs> no, we don't need we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about that in Age of Why not? We're a Legend of Zelda podcast. It's just like I'm not even talking about Age of Clarity isn't out yet, so like I don't want to talk about it without seeing the whole thing, but uh and maybe I'll mention a little more at the end. I have my concerns. But anyway, you'll keep going up this road and you'll see uh very strong, uh, big uh, broccoli man with a with a nice goatee in a in a satchel. Broccoli <laughs> man in a leather satchel strapped on his back, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And then you talk to him, and he screams, "Shalaka!" And you see, oh. you see that his name is Hestu, and he's and he's a children of the forest, probably the biggest one besides the Deku tree. That ain't a, that ain't a children of the forest. That's a man of the forest. That's a big. That's a big baby. You remember that old like Cartoon Network, like the Mad Cartoon, and they had the like the the, the big baby or like man baby. Yeah, it was called. Oh. That's what Hestu is. That's like Hestu. But yeah, that's Hestu. Hestu is man baby. God, I remember that cartoon. It was very weird. Anyway, so this man baby tells you that he used to party hard with the homies. Actually, first, he's surprised that you can even see him. And you can say no that you can't see. He can he ask you, you can you see can me. Fuck you, with him. You can I pretend no. I do not see. <laughs> and he goes, and you, and you go, no, I don't see. And he goes, then how are you talking to me right now? Hester, you know, Hester's a smart one. You can't you can't mess with him. And he tells you that um <laughs> He's got brains and brawn. <laughs> <laughs> a gang of Volkabums roughed him up and stole his precious maracas and then he needs you to get him back and they're just kind of like at this little uh, little rock rockway here and so you can either be brave enough in a, in a, you know gracious enough to go run do them do him this favor and return him return him his maracas which you know I think you should do that's like a that's, that's a that's that's a, a yeah, you know, you like how do you, you gotta help Hestu, Hestu? How do you not look at Hestu and immediately fall in love with him? That's that's like, if you don't help Hestu, you're sick in the head. Anyway, <laughs> so so there's many ways to to fight, to fight these bow goblins, and I want to know how you did it. But my way that I usually do it is at some point you explore a lot in the Great Plateau, you'll get bomb arrows, and the game is um, combat wise fairly fairly um. Simple. Yeah, fairly simple enough where you don't need to use the bomb arrows yet unless you're just really bad at combat. And and so I, I had saved my bomb arrows. 
And then for I just, just such an occasion. <laughs> something like this. And what I did was, and this was like, this when I first became smart. And since then, this is like, you you know, you I have like rituals when I replay this game. Like there's certain things I just always do in the same order, right? And this is the one thing I always do in the same order where I shoot an arrow so they all walk towards it. Mm-hmm. And I shoot a bomb arrow behind them. So I don't have to fight them all. They just fly off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite way to just get those maracas hassle-free. I, I climbed up the hill on the south side of mm-hmm. their little camp. Uh, I think I was still not used to the bombs at this point. <laughs> so what I tried to do, and like I also suck at like just getting weapons and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is something I I will complain for probably a whole episode at some point. But sounds, yeah, sounds about right. Um. So I I was like, let me get good with these bombs. So I chucked a bomb down into the camp. It didn't hit anything. <laughs> uh, they all said, "Oh fuck, it's a man." Looked up, started firing at me. Uh, I think I killed one, and then uh, I ran down the hill towards Hestu with the other one, and I just kept throwing bombs behind me so that they would they would like chase me and hit the bombs. So this this became like a twenty five minute like Scooby Doo like chase scene where it's like just they keep running back into the same buildings. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, if you run away too far, they'll go back. Yeah, it was a fucking disaster. At least you did it. Uh, I did do it though. Um, I guess for me, like I went up the rock because I I did not have any weapons on me either, and I was like, okay, oh, I have these bombs. Another so, okay, but hear me out. <laughs> so I I I decided to start throwing the um this the spherical bombs and i was like all right so i need to aim this well so i can hit them and then um they start you know how they just like they're so like nonchalant like they're just roaming around like dummies and you just start like dancing and i'm like all right i need these fuckers to move to the edge and they started walking to the edge and i just aimed the bomb and they both of them just fell off and i'm like yay i got his maracas <laughs> so i just went down and just got the maracas and just went back to hestu um, <laughs> it was such a moment i was like oh i know how to use these things and these are so useful so ever I, since I bet, I bet you felt super accomplished yeah i did oh my gosh i was like yes finally like, let's get these fucking maracas let's go <laughs> Uh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you you made it. You know. Thanks. <laughs> what about you, Ange? Do you remember? Do you remember this quest? I remember the quest and having to do it. I think I probably just rolled up, and that was it. I probably did it for you, actually. <laughs> no, you definitely did. Not. I probably did it for you. And, and, Luke, and, Luke and I have a have a long history of. Me just going through the game at my own pace and him literally frothing at the mouth because I'm not doing it the way that he wants me to. <laughs> and then it's not it's not that I'm not doing she's not doing it the way I don't want to. She's just not doing it, period. <laughs> it's not true. She'll just die. And I'm like, so how do you die? She's on, so good at dying in this game. So on campus, oh, I would I would, you know, <laughs> I would do things, I would die, I would have a bit of trouble as one does when they play video games. And then he'd be like, just give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's how we... Absolutely toxic. It is toxic. But I remember doing this myself. It's just, I don't know. I think I just rolled up and I was like, 
and then I beat him, and then I got the maracas, and that was it. And just threw the maracas to Hestu, take your shit. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and the only one that's like, Hestu, you disgusting. I just, like, I just really she, wanted to hear the song, okay? She just, she just oh. threw them down on the ground, like a little bit in front of him, so he had to pick them up himself. When Hestu's like, I smell, when Hestu's like, I smell something familiar from you. I was like, uh. Oh, yeah, I have a question. <laughs> All right, this yeah. is my next question. Mm-hmm. What does everybody think Korok seeds smell like? Oh no! <laughs> just I think of what um just horse dung. What does a like decaying flora <laughs> smell like? Oh! <laughs> did I hear that right? What did you they say? S- Korok seeds smell like. C- <laughs> definitely smell like. C- can we can we get an explanation? No, I will have no further <laughs> questions. <laughs> I'm actually going to, yeah, I decided I am going to blur this out. That's all. <laughs> That's a big no for me. I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that. <laughs> Let's actually talk about it. Look, what is like decomposing or like a compost? Like a I don't need like, to talk about it. I already gave my piece. Dylan. Dylan, I'm, I... about to, I'm about to mute you. Oh my God. Can't they just Dylan. smell like dirt? Like why is he? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that... isn't a distinct enough odor. No, that's like... not a distinct enough smell. You know what? I was going... thinking of like horse shit. You know, you know when you go to like. Oh my like, god! Like, how how their I... waste? Their waste could not be composed of the same thing as like a, uh, like an animal or a human's waste smells like. Like their shit, like Korok seeds. Is it shit? Yes, Korok seeds are poop. Korok seeds are poop. Yeah. yeah. Is this confirmed? Is this? Are we yes. agreeing to this? Yeah. Do you not? You can't. If you couldn't tell by the shape, if you get all nine hundred Korok <laughs> seeds, you get um something called Hestu's gift, and it looks like a giant golden <laughs> emoji. And it says, and it says, the gift of friendship given to you by Hestu. It smells pretty bad, which is one thing we can infer about the Koroks, which is they have a scat fetish. Oh my so God. you're just all right. running so around Hyrule so getting better than what I said. Who? How is this better than what I said? They're just these little savages sitting in the woods pooping and sharing it. <laughs> but no, the thing was Hester used to fill the used to fill his maracas with the poopies. <laughs> but, then, but then as a prank, they took all his poopies away and then nine hundred of them hid all over the nine hundred of them hid all the little shit the nuggets all over Hyrule. Yeah, but you only need to give about like half or so back to him. So then, yeah, going back to Ange, like, <laughs> then me using, like, wet dirt, like, we isn't dirt wet. You know what? I, what does it, I feel like a rotting, a dying or rotting flower is what it would smell like. Mm. That's fine. Or if, or if Koroks, Koroks are made of wood, yeah? Mm. So. Just mold. Maybe, they smell, <laughs> like, maybe they smell like sap, because sap is what? Uh, what do they eat? What, okay, what do Koroks eat? Koroks or spirits, so there's no indication that they do need to eat. So maybe it's not shit. No, it is poop. It's like straight up poop. That's like a Nintendo gag. <laughs> like I Dylan, Dylan, I really can't express to you enough how much it is poop. Let me send you a picture of this. Like, oh my god, it's the Koroks. Wait, poop. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I can't wow. express to you how much it's poop. I I I just sent, I'm sending you the picture right now. Like it's, I'm, I'm it's, looking it up. It's just it little just, gold just, nuggets. It really just looks like poop. Like, there's no way it's not poop. 
Oh yeah, okay, that. It's okay if it is. I just don't want to be walking around Hyrule with nine hundred things. Okay, it smell like so, poop. Yeah. So you have to go off the basis that you are gonna find all of them. And second, you wouldn't really. Would you really be carrying all nine hundred at one time? It is a key. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Get, you can't sell it. But it's golden though, so maybe it's gold. Oh wait, 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 wait. Maybe it is like a sap or like an amber if it has like a metallic look to it, right? Maybe I don't know. Jesus Christ! But if they're spirits, there's no way that it couldn't some divinity just like poop gold, right? <laughs> As shit, man. I don't, know what, I don't know what their poop would actually be. Shit. Pretty interesting, though. I the description it, of it is always it, really funny. Fad. I love this one. This one's kind of funny. This one's bad. Okay. I wonder. I'm upset. It, it probably smells like a really stinky flower. What's a stinky? What's a well known stinky flower? Uh, The thing that inspired gloom. Oh yeah! Oh come on, the you, the death flower. I know you. I know you're talking about the the ty, Titan Arum, the Amorpho Phallus, <laughs> the Amorpho Phallus Titanum. So I'm probably really, I'm that. really upset. I had like you didn't this know? whole. I had no. I had this whole head cannon that like Korok seeds smell like straight. Co- um, <laughs> and I can't have that anymore. I'm you're see- you're, you're gonna you're seeing a man break live on stream. <laughs> this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is for the greater good. So and was we- this like randomly that you thought you were like, huh? So these little shits. No, like- when I, I don't know why, but when they were like, it has a very distinct smell. I was like, they call. Like I don't know, I don't know why. It's also called the seed. It's also called the seed. So I was like. This is called. This is called. reads way too much fan fiction. This is called. my immediate reaction. That's the only place seed is you hear seed like constantly referred to as fan fiction. No. Constantly referred. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every fan fiction is like. Actually, no, we're not gonna get into anyway. So you'll they call you'll it hot it to- spunk. All right. <laughs> Ropes. Do I have to make this? Do I have to? <laughs> you're making me. You're giving me so much more editing work. No, so dude, just leave it in. It's great. I'm not leaving it in. Okay, I'll stop talking about Hestu's bricks. <laughs> I'm really about to kick you out, Dylan. Oh, yeah. okay, I'll stop, I'll stop. It took me so long to edit the last one. There's like minimal editing. You don't gotta edit this. I'm just, I super gotta edit. We're this. talking about the lore. This isn't lore. It's not this canon. It is lore. It's not canon. Well, listen. It's not no, act- It's not no, put one way or the no, other. No, no. Anyway, so at this point, you'll make it to Kakariko Village, <laughs> unless you're like me sitting around arguing about what what S two seats. I'm not posting this. The podcast is starting and ending with episode one. That's no, it. no. We're already forty minutes in. All right. So can we continue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. The first person you would probably find is uh, this old lady laying down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have the chance to talk to her. And if you do, she's like, oh, I twisted my ankle. Owie. 
poor little old me. And she's like, wait, is that a Sheikah state on your hip? She goes, oh, fuck. You should go see Impa. She's our village's leader. Just head down this road and you'll find her big-ass house. And then she just gets up <laughs> and walks away, which should tell you one thing and one thing only. This old woman's lying. Yes, and you know why? She said she twisted her ankle. No, no, no. I mean, like, why she said why she did that. She, they're probably, but she's probably the lookout for the village. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, protecting the village. Yeah, it was really cool to see like a an old lady, be like, you know. Yeah. Anytime, anytime they they, I mean, you know, the Sheikah are very advanced and they're and from previous games they're very ninja like, as you can tell by the Yiga, but we can talk about that later, because um, you probably won't meet a Yiga clan member yet, just yet. But I actually, usually, I actually did. No, it's it, it does. It's like. It's locked until after you meet Impa. Is it? Because I thought, mm-hmm. I think I remember doing it, but... I, I think I know what crazy. you're talking about, though. And I have it written down because it's one of my favorite, like, pieces. Of, it's one of my favorite interactions in the game. Um, so, it's really cool that they have, like, probably there's, you know, people surveying, or they just know, that, like, oh, someone's coming, and they stage this so, so Nana can kind of gauge, like, what, what, what this, uh, you know tourist or foreigner in their land is going to be like engage their character and what to expect so then link keeps going and you'll see like a you'll see like maybe a little kid running you'll see a house you'll see the armor shop with that girl and she's like hey come buy our stuff and if you go in you can get one of the coolest armor sets in the game if you have the money at this point you probably don't just the the chic armor set which uh slow defense but it, uh, it ups your speed at night and your stealth. So that's really cool. And it just looks really good. And basically the, the chest piece and the trousers are that of like uh, Sheik's, Sheik's outfit from Ocarina Time. Just mm-hmm. a little bit updated with uh, like metal plates, more armor plates to seem a bit more practical. And then the headpiece, rather than being Sheik's hood, which um, you can actually get with the Sheik Amiibo, is um, Link's hair will be in a bun. And he wears a, a face mask, you know, very, very timely, Link, and a scarf. So uh, very fashionable as well. So you can buy that if you have the money or if you don't. And then you'll um, sort of get off right. Your, your horse, or if you're walking, will stop right in front of Impa's house. And you know it's Impa's house because if she's important, she probably had the biggest house there. And there's two guards right in front. There's a bunch of little frog dangy statues with little apples in them, except for one missing. So if you go and put an apple in, you'll get a corruption, which is a fun surprise. And then they're like, stop, who's this? Who, who do you think you are to come in and, and trade uh, Lady Impa's space like this? And they see the Sheikah's thing. They're like, oh, oh, we're so sorry. Like, go ahead. And then you walk up and then you see this, this beautiful, divine young woman. Um, like, I don't know. She's like scrubbing the floor or something. Simp. <laughs> <laughs> this beautiful goddess scrubbing the floor god my queen you you meet my queen paya and um paya is this young shika lady with a uh, big white hair she has brown eyes and she has a blue shika is it blue or is hers red uh i forget i think hers is red she has a red shika symbol like a tattoo um yes. in her forehead yeah it is in her forehead and the and the teardrop goes between between her eyes it's um it's pretty cool and it's it it would be a cool thing to investigate as part of like Sheikah culture and tradition what that what that tattoo like specifically means and what why she has it and not necessarily everyone does because I don't believe I don't believe um every Sheikah 
and Breath of the Wild has it. Did you guys notice that? I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, the other other Sheikah don't have it, so I'm assuming it had something to do with um, Paya's Paya and uh, you know Impa too. Once you walk in the doors and see her, but Paya and Impa's status, because even um, even Robbie and, and Pura don't have it. Mm. So there's it probably has to do with like being the leader of the village, and I wonder what tradition it comes down from. Because I'm not sure if um previous previous Impas have um have the tattoo. Let me uh, let me search real quick because that's that's kind of interesting to think. So young Impa, you know, from Age of Calamity, but also old Impa, she has her tattoo is blue. Impa from Hyrule Warriors does not have a tattoo. I don't believe. Um, and then the old lady Impas from previous games don't have anything either. Uh, Ocarina of Time Impa only has a chest, a little chest plate with the Sheikah, Sheikah emblem. But, um, and then who's, where's an Impa? Oh, Skyward Sword Impa. I don't think she had it either. But, um, Yeah, no, she does. Oh, she does. Does she? Because this is fan art. Let me see her actual model. She does. Okay, that's actually really cool. So Skyward Sword Impa does have the Sheikah tier. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess it makes sense with um, Skyward Sword being the last or the the big console Zelda game before Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So there's some cool uh, like culture and tradition, you know, if you're a culture anthropologist. That's that's some that's some little lore for you. Go figure it out. Why, why go go try to make some some logic in the lore. Why only one impa, only one impa before Breath of the Wild has it, and the rest don't. Probably because it makes the character look unique. I mean, from a lore standpoint, like try to make it fit in the lore rather than mechanics. You know, like rather than just like cool design. Like what would what I mean? Would if it's maybe, maybe it's a lost tradition that uh, if it's Skyward Sword. And it's back in Skyward Sword. Um, then that's the it's first game in the timeline. So that makes yeah, sense. that's the first game in the timeline. So the fact that it's there is like, I don't know if you're gonna be able to find an origin to it. You know. Mm -hmm. So it's probably suggested as like a you know like how there's like infinite histories. You know, there's always a thousand years before the thousand years. Like even yeah. Skyward Sword has a history before it. So there's probably something before and then. So if Breath of the Wild was the next one that has it, and it's kind of at the end of the timelines, maybe it's lost. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a lost tradition for a while. Or, because then, Ocarina of Time Impa doesn't have it, but there's not that many, there's not very many other Sheikah in Ocarina of Time. So maybe she doesn't really need it, or feels that she doesn't need it. Um, there's We don't see any Sheikah really in uh, Twilight Princess. Wind Waker, no. Yeah, so I, I guess think... it's cool. It's a it's a lost practice that was by the time of Breath of the Wild uh, rediscovered. So probably with the Sheikah from ten thousand the ten thousand years ago in Breath of the Wild, hmm. they probably in some way, shape, or form with their advanced technology either rediscovered or just started repracticing that practice. So that's a that's a really cool lore interpretation. That's my head canon now. I don't know what you guys think. I'm down for that. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Ange Wendy, you guys are quiet as heck. We're gonna get we're gonna get one comment on this. It's like, oh, actually, I would love that though. I haven't checked the email. Let's see if we have any questions. 
I won't read them now, but <laughs> this would be a good time know. to check the email. <laughs> well, I mean it. I gotta wait for uh, Andrew and Wendy to see what they think. You're gonna we get. You're gonna get another. You're gonna get three. Email. You're gonna get three emails next week. Just I hope so. That uh, Dylan was actually correct about the the nature of. Oh my! Okay. Okay. If I do, I will at least take him seriously just because it will be our first email question. It will be me. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Make it Chelsea at least. <laughs> so just so it feels unique to me. But Wendy and Ange, what do you guys think about that? I I guess they don't. Let's keep going. I, was, so I thought Wendy was, was going to speak. I thought Ange was going to go. I'm like, oh. That's too late. So at this point, you'll bust in through the door. <laughs> And, um, you'll see, you'll see, and I really like this little cutscene because a lot of people have done funny things with it, where um, someone stasis the tree, and then they made it so it would land right in front of the house, and they were dressed as Tingle, so you just see Link flying on a tree trunk, <laughs> boom, lands like right in front of Paya, who gets scared shitless, because if you wear the Tingle clothes, you like people. NPC's reactions is to like get freaked out and disgusted by you. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets disgusted. Then you bust open the doors and you see from Impa's perspective, just Link and like since he just opened the doors, kind of T posed dressed as Tingle. But anyway, that's what you would get. And you're probably wearing normal clothes. And then Impa's like, she goes, it gets a little cuts and you get some Impa voice acting. She has a nice old lady voice and she goes, Oh, so you're finally awake. It's been quite a long time, Link. But she asked you. You remember me, don't you? And Link is like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember. And she goes, damn, we were so close and you don't remember me? That kind of sucks. So then she's like, you know, she talks to you a little bit. She's like, oh, you so you lost your memory. That sucks. You're waking up. That's cool. And she's like, oh, Princess Zelda, she had something she wanted me to tell you. But uh, I can't just tell you right away. You know, she's like, I can't just tell anyone classic mm-hmm. she's well you know she's she's been alive she's been alive for over 100 years she's probably like in her 120s 130s at this point link so, how do you not remember me we killed copious amounts of bokoblins back in the in the high like, how do you Hello. not remember me i was super hot when i was young <laughs> i was super hot <laughs> i mean can't blame Link. He basically he died. He died. <laughs> brought back to life. <laughs> you know, you're asking me for, for someone for me to that far. You're asking a bit much, in my opinion. Nah, man. He just but needed anyway. some Adderall. He was ready to party again. <laughs> some Advil. <laughs> you boys got any Advil? <laughs> so, so what? What will happen is Link will again, and she goes, "Are you willing to risk your life for the greater good?" And you can say, I don't know, ellipses, and you're like a little bitch. Or you can be like, yes. And then if you say yes, she does a little knee slap because she's very enthused. And she's like, not a memory to your name, but here you are, just as intent as ever to like go forward on the side of justice and courage. You know, it's nice. And then she's like, once a hero, always a hero. So then she tells you about the, how, you know, in the beginning of the game, King Rome tells you what happens with the Great Calamity 100 years ago. She tells you about the 10,000 years ago how the Hyrule was like a flourishing civilization and the Sheikah were like these crazy tech developers and that, you know, they were ready for the inevitable return of Ganon. So at this point in the chronology, which is tens of thousands of years old, like that's like a long time to have recorded history. Right, Dylan? That's... that's, You're the historian. Tell us about 
the time span of 10,000 years for like a recorded human history. That's like an insane amount of time, right? Yeah, that's that's more than than humans have. <laughs> yeah, like so that's, that's that's more than we got. That's cool. That's amazing that they've been able to keep such a strong I mean, granted, Hyrule's in shambles now, but for what, it, for what they had, it's cool that they were able to keep such a written record for so long. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the whole cyclical, in, like, raw manifestation of evil showing up every every 10,000 years on the dot would kind of make you want to keep historical records. Right? I mean... In the other Zelda games, they're always like, who the fuck is Ganon? At least, you know, the 10,000 years ago, Link, Zelda, <laughs> in Hyrule, they were on top of their they shit. They were on top of their shit. They created an army of guardians to help the hero. The, the guardians were just made to help, to help the hero. The hero oh, and the wow. princess. And then the divine beasts were created. And four champions were chosen to pilot them to help the hero. And then the princess who had the sealing power, you know, she doesn't it's like, oh, we don't need to give her anything because she has the power of a goddess, like literally in, in her blood. She has she has divinity in her blood. So we just got to help the human boy with the, with the clunk of metal. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really cool. And one thing I noticed when they talk about Ganon's inevitable return, the, the cutscene is still stuck on Hyrule Castle and um. I guess this is a spoiler warning. You know, spoiler warning, but not really. If you look at the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, from how the trailer's devised, it makes it seem that Link and Zelda are underneath Hyrule Castle when they find that corpse, which is presumed to be Ganondorf, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. I wonder if they were thinking this far in advance. Because um, in the interviews, they said Breath of the Wild 2, the sequel came from them just having too many ideas for DLC that they decided to make a sequel. Oh, so wow. I don't think... So I don't think a sequel was ever in mind, but possibly this idea was. So I think that's really cool and something I re-noticed when I was replaying again. So I was kind of glad I did. So then, you know, Impa tells you the whole story and the whole cutscene's about like eight minutes with voice acting. For your first time watching it, like your first few times, you know, you'll be pretty like entertained. Otherwise you get kind of bored. I was really entertained. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good lore. I think, it's, I think it's the, history. Art, the art style of that, those the tapestry, yes, I love that art style. Like they're they're incredible. Some people don't understand how an art style works, and they used to think that the hero of ten thousand years ago was Ganondorf. And it's like no, like no, no, that's a, that's a, no, no. They thought Link was Ganondorf because huh? of the long flowing oh, red hair on the yeah. tapestry. But it's like no, no, no. That's just that's just the style. That's just. <laughs> I could I could go into what I was like. The colors on that tapestry were so cool to me. Because uh, one of the things about ancient cultures mm-hmm. and, and modern cultures is that the, the sense of color is so different from culture yeah. to culture. Like, just even from, like, modern culture to modern culture. The sense of color, like, there is just, like, so many inklings of knowledge that you get from reading ancient languages and stuff that you, you realize, like, these motherfuckers had a completely different sense of color from us. Mm-hmm. So the th- the fact that Link looks completely like unrecognizable except for like the master sword yeah in in the tapestry is like really cool to me because of that it, it makes the world feel more real cuz you this game also just does a very good job of implementing historical uh uh I don't I don't know the word I want to use but just like knowledge from like history like history and archaeology 
like maybe good i wouldn't say practices but like yeah. No, good practice is, is, is a good way. It, it, it uses a, a, an analogies very well. Mm, that's a good insight. Um, like, and, yeah, and this is like all over this game. And I understand that it's an art style, but I definitely don't think it's Ganondorf. No. Like, it's so very clearly Link. Yeah, like he's got the Master Sword. He's like, it's, it's Link. And there's no way a Ganondorf could be linked because Ganondorf is Ganon is right there in front of him. Yeah, he's and, right there. And the red, the red, the reddish tannish color from Link is different than the red on Ganondorf, and that's you know they have the color of his hair right there. Like that's mm-hmm. not, it's clearly not the same. To me, at least, is very clear. Like those yeah. are very different reds. I I just think it's very very cool that they've made a essentially a historical document for this uh for this culture that people can argue about the meaning behind yeah because you you get to have the sense of like what what was happening in their brains going up to the calamity it's a it's a good um it's a good way to like uh, emulate the ambiguity when you find like historical things since we don't have all the answers you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. So people can talk about that. Overall, it's a really nice tapestry, with um, like the 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 castle at the top with the towers, and then you had like the little the little Sheikah and the Hylians and the king. Is it's just really nice, and also it shows you just how well equipped, not equipped, equipped they were to fight Ganon. For sure. Oof. Oof. Ooh-wee. that's oof. Ganon got his ass whooped. And they were fine for a long time. They were fine for about 10,000 10, years or so, right? It wasn't until 100 years ago where they were good for 9,990 years. <laughs> they were good for a while. Until until the 100 years ago. But that's, as far as games go, like the whole chronology of The Legend of Zelda, like the whole timeline could probably fit within 10,000 years. So for like the whole timeline of the game, they were able to seal Ganon. That's, a, that's as like... That's as good as it gets. Like that's as that's as um, as total and absolute as you can get to just getting rid of Ganon permanently. Yeah. Because you know mm-hmm. in Skyward Sword you have Demise's curse, which he says like, you know, my hatred and malice will follow the the bloodline of the goddess and the spirit of the hero forever, which is you can interpret that one way, and then a link to the past, which happens after you know that's one of the timelines split. From Ocarina time, Ganondorf or Ganon become who we don't see him as Ganondorf, but he is Ganondorf in that game. Then we when we see him, he is Ganon. He has the full power of the Triforce, so he could have wished for you know, he could have wished to like rule forever, right? And this could be either the curse of demise or how I interpret sometimes that that whatever Ganon wished for. You know, that maybe, you know, maybe that, that Ganon wish, you know, the Triforce is the engine of creation, right? So maybe that Ganon wish just permeates through all timelines and all realities. Like, why not, right? Why not? That could be the reason why Ganon keeps coming back. But either way, regardless of what the cause is, this end of the 10,000 years ago, that's, they do a really good job of trying to close it out. So once you talk to Impa, she tells you Zelda's message that she's been waiting to tell you for a hundred years, which is free the four divine beasts. 
<laughs> you sound like someone. That you... Hey, relax. relax. <laughs> if there's anyone who shouldn't dox, it's, it's that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So, in the, in also in the vicinity of Kakariga Village, you'll be able to find six Korok seeds. You know, as as per uh, a custom that I've done so far in this episode, I'm not going to tell you where. Just know that there's six. So, if you haven't found them, there's six. And then, so she tells you to go to Hateno Village and talk to talk to Pura. So you'll probably hit on your way, and outside you'll see this guy painting, and he has a little little bun. He's not a Sheikah. He's a he's a Hylian, I guess. I mean, it's not really. It's just that he's not Sheikah, so he can. I guess he can only be Hylian, but it's not super clear as to what he is. He's just Picongo. Yeah, he's just he's just a guy. He's just what is his name? His name is Picongo, Pickingo, Pikmin Engo. If you if you if you actually no that's not that's don't don't roll that that was that's not real. If you actually look at what he's painting, it's absolute garbage. (laughs) 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 It's it's, it's really bad. It's here. Let me send it in the like the little chat in the bottom here. It's it's really bad. You guys gotta look at this. It's 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 pretty bad. Like it reminds you my fifth grade art class. (laughs) <laughs> you guys seeing it i've 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 seen it it's 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 miserable and when did oh. you guys see it oh he, he keeps oh, going it, but he does he's he's, he's committed he, to his craft he's committed he does it so passionately too good for him good for him that he loves what he does and who are we to criticize him you know art art to some extent has uh you know is in the eye of the beholder anyway he'll give you a side quest which is like, you know, there's rumors that there's a great fairy fountain nearby. And if you played previous Zelda games, you probably don't know how this great fairy works. And you're like, but you just know that great fairy gives you something and they're, you know, they're pretty cool. So he's like, I know where, I think I know where it is. Let's go find it. But I'm old, so I don't know if I can make it all the way. So you kind of, you kind of lead up. Or wait, you might actually need, oh, no, no, no. You don't do this yet. When you come back from Hateno, you will. So uh, we'll hold on to that for now, but you, but uh, keep that in mind. Anyway, there's a lot to do around Kakariko, and actually, there's two shrines in Kakariko Village. You have the Talo Nayeg's teaching, and you know that's it teaches you like the basics of combat, and then you have another shrine called the Laka Lakna Roki Shrine, but you can only get this shrine after you do every single side quest in Kakariko Village. That's can, what that is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell, oh, okay. tell you what happens. I'm just going to tell you that's what it is. But there's a lot of cool NPCs, a lot of funny <laughs> funny things in um, in Kakariko. Like for starters, when you leave in this place, if you're walking out, hold on, we'll get to him. There's a journal there called the Journal of like Our Worries or like Collective Worries or something like that. And it's basically all the concern. It's basically like a anonymous diary of the entire town. And they can talk about like all their troubles and woes. Oh, it's the journal of various worries. So, like one one is I'm I'm gonna read them to you. The first one is well, my my wife left me today. The last thing she said to me was, "What's more important, the cuckoos or me?" I chose the cuckoos, the bowmaster. The next one is a painter unfamiliar to any of us has arrived in the village. He claims he is searching for the great fairy's fountain, but that's near where the village's spirit protector resides. You must make sure the outside doesn't learn of the location of the fountain or the two shrines near it. 
anonymous father of two. And then someone else says, that new guy in town looks like he really knows how to tune a bow. I hope he comes by and knocks an arrow for me. It's been way too long. Whoa. Dash, lonely arrow girl. And then someone said, day in and day out, I'm outside barking people into the shop. I don't mind really. It's good bunny. And the busying myself helps to numb the pain. But the only thing that really helps me feel better is walking among the fireflies. Unfortunately, we've now been asked to not walk around at night because it's dangerous. I don't know how I can cope without the fireflies. Struggling shop girl. Then you have another one. There's a precious heirloom that has been passed down through my family for generations. Recently, I've begun to hear voices telling me that the heirloom has an important destiny. It's going to happen soon. It makes me nervous, but I can feel it in my bones. Dash papaya. Day in and day out. Oh, and then, oh yeah, that's that's it. I think that, I'm not sure if there's more. We go to the next page. Oh yeah, no, that's all the pages. So it ends with that. Um, if you don't know who papaya is, it's Paya. And uh, papaya's, papaya, uh, papaya is actually named after papaya. And at some point, uh, Info will tell you and you find out. Like you'll ask, like Link will ask, have the option to ask Paya what, why, why she's named Paya. And um, <laughs> and then she'll like try to stutter to say it. Like, you know, she has the stutter problem and she also gets nervous around Link. So she tries to spit it out what she can't, and then Impa will say it's because she was born with a uh, with a burnt mark on her butt cheek and she was the papaya. <laughs> I think one of Link's options is, "Can I see you?" or something. <laughs> one of Link's options is, "Can I see it?" Though. Yeah, like, you know, Link. Link's that's a, that's a Legend of Zelda uh, equivalent of asking a girl to see her tattoo that's on her thigh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds about right. That's the that's the paya equivalent. Um, so the Kuko guy from earlier, his oh. name is Kado, and he used to be this legendary bow master of, of the Sheikah. He's like very well versed in the, in the skill of archery. And, um, but he's also super obsessed with Kuko's and one thing you can do, he has his Kuko's go missing and he has 10 around Kakariko village that you can find. And it's a, it's one of the side quests you have to do. So you should do it, especially if you're going to complete all 120 shrines. It's something you're just going to have to do. And then his wife, she runs the general store, not the one with um, not the one with food and stuff. She runs the the other one, the one for arrows. Yeah, because you know she loves bows. Her name is Rola. So then she's gonna have a little something for you to do, and she's like, "Oh, you look, you got that bow on your back. You're looking very strapping." So she asked you to light light the torches by the goddess uh, statue with your arrows, and uh, like she'll see it and it drives her crazy, and she'll give you a little reward. So those are really fun. Then other people there are. We are talked about pick and go, but and you know I guess we don't have to be chronological. Like we're in Kakariko, so I'll just talk about Kakariko. Um, so when you do, he'll make it to the top of the shrine, and then he says he can't make it anymore. And then you, you keep going further, and you'll find the Great Fairy yourself. And at and at this point, to finish the side quest, you'll need the camera rune, which you don't get until you go to Hateno. So once you go to Hateno, you'll get the camera rune, and you'll be able to go take a picture. And you meet what's probably or definitely your first great fairy, Kotera. She's very nice and lovely, and she's, you know, she lives in this flower pond. And you have to give her money. Um, and once you give her like a hundred bucks, she pops out, and she's able to like be a full service. And, and she's a very big, pretty lady. And like, I don't know, we only see, I guess, like what, like 
a quarter of her body in that pond so i just want to know how deep it goes but since it's magic it's probably just some like magic portal thing by the way she's gotta at least be like 20 to 30 feet tall for sure oh for sure yeah and i love them and i still have a crush on all of them i think is my favorite just because she's the first one you know we have a little connection she's the one i always go back to yeah, you know, because you're close to Kakariko. It's, it feels like home. Kakariko mm-hmm. feels like home. Kakariko does feel like home. That's right. And the music in Kakariko is very nice. And the yeah. whole the whole the whole style is um the whole style of Kakariko Village feels because uh, you know the Legend of Zelda is a fantasy game, and like most fantasy games that came out in like the late '80s, it's usually based off like a some interpretation of like a medieval Europe. But this, in most Kakarikos of the past do, but this one has a really nice, uh, like, its own take on it. I mean, I don't know much about uh, historical Japanese uh, architecture or anything, but I think this is what it resembles, right? Um, I mean, the game is made by Japanese people, so at least uh, Impa's house look kind of resembles that. I, for, I don't know what that, that style of uh, architecture is. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I, I, I think it's based on Japanese architecture. Yeah. Hold on. But like, uh, at least the shape of the roof. You know you know what I'm talking about? Like the framing of the it's roof. Just like, the yeah, place. it's just, um, it's just generally East Asian. Yeah. Because I don't know, I, I mean, yeah, essentially, regardless of my limited knowledge of uh, architecture, in different cultures it's really cool it's a it's a really nice vibe the music is really nice it's different from your other kakariko themes it has its own sound to it it's really calming and soothing it just overall fits the theme of kakariko so then after after the great fairy you might meet um katla and coco they're the two little shika girls running around and um they're the they're the the, tw- the not they're not twins but they're the two little girls of Dorian, who's another Sheikah guard. And um, Katla's always trying to play hide-and-seek, and Coco's trying to cook. And um, it's a, it's pretty depressing why they're, they lost their mom. I'm not sure how long ago. It was it was fairly recent in the game. I, I forget the, the dialogue where it tells you just how long it's been, but um, Katla doesn't really know why their mom's gone, and she's always trying to play hide-and-seek, or like she's looking for mom or like talking to mom. And Coco, who's only like just a just a little bit older, is uh, she's always cooking because mom used to cook, so now she has to cook. So it's a uh, it's actually kind of sad when you think about it. And you know, Dorian's a single father, but since he's like a Sheikah guard, um, he's not. I I don't want to say he's like an absent parent, but he's definitely not there twenty four seven. But also, the village is very it's a very tight knit community because the Sheikah are uh small race they, they're definitely not widespread over hyrule except for like the tech labs they don't live in such um big groups like and you know this is post calamity so if you're gonna look for the sheikah they're all just gonna be here so and next you have steen and uh he's got a cool mustache goatee combo and he's also the combat he's also the combat expert and he'll teach you, um, like, all the little, or, like, since, you know, Kakarigo's do tutorial-esque, he'll teach you all the little combat techniques when you have to do, like, guarding, sneak attacking, jump attacking, mm-hmm. all that stuff. He also uh, tends to the carrots. The 
care little carrot farm up north. Then you have the pumpkin guy and the plum lady. He'll get. He'll be like, hey, don't run on my my wife's plums. My wife's plums. Yeah. Keep out. And then lastly is the girl. She's the the struggling shop girl that tells people to come buy her clothes. And then at night, one of the side quests you can do if you go into her house, she asks to see some fireflies, kind of like how the note says. And I think if you give her about like five or so fireflies, she gets really happy. And uh, that's that quest done. Um, there's more to Kakariko, but that's sort of the main stuff I want to touch upon. I don't know what else you guys wanted to say before we move on. Oh yeah, the um, side quest with the arrows with the lady. Oh, <laughs> when... the Rolla. Yeah, Rolla. Oh my gosh, when I first entered the shop, you know how she gets so excited to finally see someone with the bow. She gets a, she gets a bit, you know what, you know, she's very, a, very, very hot. Yeah, she's like that. Very hot and bothered, mm-hmm. like those fire arrows. She about to make some Korok seeds. Oh my <laughs> oh, god! There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, and then like kind of going back to the Great Fairy Fountain, like the music there, and then I think oh, that's also where we come across. That's a good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That is a very good rendition of the Great Fairy theme. Yeah, it's it's so good. I I just I never get bored of it. Um, it's all the the blue like little bunny thing. What's it called? The bloopy. Bloopy. Yeah, I, think that's where... I kept chasing I think... it around. I couldn't get it. You will never get it, but if you shoot it from before, it will drop rupees. Yeah. But also. Um, at least in master mode, maybe in earlier games, I like I would shoot it, but uh, I always felt bad. And in master mode, you get so much stuff you don't really need to get. You don't need to beat up the money bunny to, to get some you cash. You don't need anyway. to beat up the money bunny. <laughs> there are other ways of getting your cash that are more. Mister Money Bags. I have like sixty nine thousand rupees in my current run. <laughs> so. I had them until I bought 20 bomb arrows I didn't need because 10 minutes later, friggin' Liba or whatever his name was gave me more. Provided you said his name wrong, so I don't have to to cut the spoiler out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's freaking. I don't remember his name. I did it last night. That's fine. That's fine. It just works out for me. You know, that's less editing for me. White, White Falco. Jesus. Wow. I told you it was a spoiler and you couldn't just keep it to yourself. It's not a spoiler. It's a, it's a bit of a spoiler. We're only at Kakariko. Anyway, Wendy, you were saying? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, like, I think with the Bloopy, when I first came across it, I also tried to chase it down. And I was like, okay, and what if I come back? No, I really wanted to because I was like, maybe, you I know, wanted to hug it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had it. I think I had a pitchfork on me. So I was like, maybe if I could, maybe if I hit it, and then that's when I realized I could get money out of it. And I was like, oh snap, maybe if I do this again, and then it disappeared. And Wendy, Wendy committed animal cruelty acts on the bloopy. No, you know, listen, when it came out, I was broke. Um, I really wanted new clothes, so gotta do it. Um, <laughs> and Wendy then Wendy sells furs in real life. She's a fur trader. No. She goes and beats a. Um... She clubs baby seals and baby foxes and bees. Okay. Oh. oh my gosh, I'm going to cry now. Um, <laughs> and then that's also where I realized you could take a fairy um, around the fountain. Oh, yeah, the little yeah. fairies that fly around. Uh huh. And then, re- it's cool because they resemble like the traditional Legend of Zelda fairy look. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that's how like most fairy, like a fairy in the bottle from other games, like it looks like Navi. Mm hmm. Mm. So that's a really cool callback. Yeah, and then I think 
I was I was I was on the verge of dying when the fairy I saw a little like fairy come out and it you know gave me like a few hearts and I was like oh okay I'm gonna go back and get some more. <laughs> oh, you give it, it, when it, when you don't catch it and it just like sort like swarms around you and gives you the life that is that is cool. I always tried to catch them first. I like I knew playing that they would give me hearts, but like I just see them and I'm like oh shiny I want it you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just can't help myself. All right, and what did you think about Kakariko? Um, I thought in terms of plot, like Kakariko for me was like the main hub for it because I keep coming back to Kakariko in terms of thinking about the plot because that's where you find out about the Divine Beast. That's where the Divine Beast quest begins. Oh, that's true. Um when you finish when you get the quest for the memories and finish it you have to go back things like that mm-hmm. um and i also just like in this part of the game we get to learn more about link through his interactions with the npcs <laughs> yes link's personality really comes out and i think that's just enjoyable because it's made it's made pretty obvious in the beginning that like Link is not a character that you're self-inserting yourself into. Like, you are playing as Link. You're not playing as yourself through Link. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact alone that you can't even change your name mm-hmm. to, like, I farted or my dude. Like, like oh, <laughs> my dude. Yeah, a lot of people would make him uh, my dude or I farted in Ocarina of Time. Why? Mine was, was piff it, it was just fun, you know? People didn't take it so seriously. But, like, every time I play, I'm always very, like... Link. Yeah, it has to be like, that's the, that's canon. It is what it is. Epona. That's the yeah. only things I can name. Yeah, that's that's it. And you know, we have friends. We won't dox them. But if they're listening to this episode, you know, shout out to you. Uh, named who named uh, Epona Thicky. Uh... <laughs> like, I don't mind it because you know, like sure, yeah, Epona can be Thicky, but like that's Epona. Like that's the legendary horse. If you scan the, if you scan the, Amiibo, it like, is. It's funny because if you scan the amiibo and get Epona, they're like, "Oh, that's a legendary horse." You, you can't, can't rename this. Yeah, you what can't do you mean? They're like, "I'm pretty sure there's a law about it." And then here our friend goes <laughs> naming the legendary Vicky. horse. Vicky. <laughs> is just a uh, just um creative differences, you know. I wouldn't do it, but it is what it is. All right, I got a new mission to rename Epona Cream of Wheat. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, that's actually, that's not as, that's kind of cute. I wheat just don't thins. like Cream of Wheat itself. It's, it's a weaker oatmeal. Wheat Thins. No. I like that less. Cream of Wheat is nice. Especially if you made it like Cream of Wheat, you know what they look nah, Cream of, of proper English. <sighs> proper English is for chumps. <laughs> anyway, so if you kind of head north, there's this non-marked path, and you'll find these stones here. And I think at some point you'll see some uh, some NPC lady going around here. But I'm pretty sure this is a grave or a cemetery, and uh, it's kind of it's a bit tragic because you know most most cemeteries have their headstones in a certain you know certain space with certain writing on them. So I don't know just how ancient this is, but they're all clumped together. They might as well be from the calamity. Like we can only imagine how many people died in that. It was more or less. Uh, I want to say genocide, but genocide tends to refer to like one group of people. But it was all the peoples being killed anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm. it was multiple genocides. 
So it's a, it's a bit tragic. Multiple parallel genocides. Exactly. And when you, and you and when you put in that framework, it feels this game feels a lot darker than what you would do. You know, you could just hop over the rocks and think nothing of it. But you really have to. And that's like you know that's kind of the function of this game as we've always been reiterating like you do what you want so if you want to partake in the lore you have to be active in it so you have to see this and like realize wow like 100 years ago a lot of fucking people died yeah but they they do it a very good way to allow you to force it on you because they they give you like they don't give you the whole thing which is nice because you yeah you get to explore for stuff what they give you is necessary but like if you want to feel the full gravity and you stumble upon this you think about it then you get more and it's almost like you're not only rewarded with actual things and shrines for exploring, but you're also rewarded with more lore. It's also like they don't they don't. So one one pet peeve that I have with games like this is that if they if you want to go find the lore, the the lore should be placed in front of you in a way that it is in this game, which is mm-hmm. if you want to look around and find it, you can find it. If you want to if you want to go find out what this thing is. You, you got to go do that. You got to go look where where you think it would be. You can go find it, whatever. But like so many games, Witcher 3 and Skyrim are examples of this. They just dump books in front of you and just say, read that. And that's your lore. Oh, it's not <laughs> like, interactive I, in any way? I fucking know. It's not at all. And I hate it. I know one problem, which isn't really a problem for some people, but at least like as in as a new person coming in, they said the the Witcher Three is very dialogue dense. It's you know, so you're like sitting, like clicking A, just trying to pass through it all. Yeah, I and mean, for some people they can take it, and yeah. I usually can. I usually like reading, but sometimes I get to certain points where I'm like skipping, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. No, and and the Witcher, it's not optional. <laughs> yeah. If you don't understand every lore piece, you're not going to understand what the hell's going on in that game. That's fair. Just kill monsters. At that point, just play Monster Hunter, which, which is which is a better game. The, the new Monster Hunter game that they showed for the Switch in that direct not too long ago. Yeah, that looks really good. I think it's supposed to come out soon. I don't yeah. think I'll get it uh, right away. But it looks good. <laughs> it looks really good because you know I, I already I've already expended my uh, my uh, your funds my finances with a uh, Pikmin three. Pikmin three. I'm gonna hopefully stay up at midnight. Hopefully it'll be, you know, in a hey, few hours we'll get access. Yeah, you got to a it. couple hours. You, you got yeah, time. a couple hours, and I can, you know, get past mission one. That was really fun, and then um, uh, Age of Calamity in November twentieth. The demo came out. Mm-hmm. So if you're hearing this and you didn't know about the demo, go play it. Um, if you're like a lore, lore theorist like myself, uh, email me because. Uh, there is a lot to unpack, and honestly, I'm kind of apprehensive of the things I saw, and it's made me actually made me a a, a bit nervous for the game. Actually, I was I was just really hyped, but now I'm a bit uh, I would definitely say I'm I'm less excited. Why? Oh, I won't get into it because you know we're talking about Breath of the Wild. And maybe I'll make a bonus episode like next week or something just to talk about the demo. Mm-hmm. But it's that first, it's that first cutscene, and just anyway. I was a little confused, but yeah, I'll talk about. Yeah, it we'll talk about it. Later. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go on the Discord and talk about it. But um, so after you you do your info stuff, 
you can mess around in Kakariko Village, like I said. Now, at this point, you're probably going to head to Hateno Village. <clears throat> so, the best way to head to Hateno Village is the way you came in. So, you're going to go down that same route. And once you get a little before Kakariko Village, you're going to see an NPC there. And if you're like me and you see an NPC, you want to talk to him, you're going to talk to him. But you might not notice right away, but there's something weird about this. There's no name. Usually when you talk to an NPC, they have a name. Every mm -hmm. every NPC in this game has a name. Except this one just says Traveler. <clears throat> oh, yeah, okay. He's, he's kind of looking off in the distance, and he says something to you. <clears throat> he goes, about a year ago, I was uh, walking along the road here late at night. When suddenly, I saw a blinding light in the sky. When my eyes finally adjusted, I found myself looking at a shimmering object floating, um, like, overhead. I found the shimmering object floating overhead. He goes, I couldn't look away. The next thing I knew, I was bathed in light. When I came to, I wake up in a bed covered in sweat. What do you think about that? And you can say either, sounds like a dream. Or you know the the classic uh the classic link the dot 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 you know the ellipses. <laughs> then he says, at first I thought it was just a bad dream, but the bed I woke up in wasn't my bed. It was a bed full of liquid in an empty room. And when I looked around the corner, or when I looked in the corner, there was a weird glowing device. And when I touched the device, I was overwhelmed with a feeling of familiarity. And when I came to, I was here. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, then, Chief. That sounds really weird. The Link's text options are that's ellipses. Um, that's um, uh, or just you know you can be silent again and just go with the regular ellipses. And then he goes, "Why so, Mom, Hylian champion? Your story ends here, hero boy." And then boom, you hear da -da -da -da, little piano, the little piano intro, and then poof, you meet the first, your first, if you talk to him, your first Yiga clan member. And your first motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the design, and you know you're probably too worried about not getting killed to to get too in depth. Worry, but, uh, <laughs> he's wielding um. Oh, is it not a? He's wielding a sickle. Uh, he's wearing red, and he has an upside down shika emblem on mm -hmm. his face. Basically, if you don't know what the Yiga are, in that 10,000 years ago, after the Great Calamity, there was a prophecy in which that re-earthing or using the tools would lead to Hyrule's demise. And this is the 10,000 years ago, not 100 years ago. <clears throat> and so they, he, the Sheikah were banished for a while, and that's where um, you know they were close with them. They were a bit closer to the castle and stuff, so now... That's where Kakariko Village is now. They were they were once banished for a while because of the might the you know the skill they possessed. They could uh, bring ruin to to Hyrule and, and and bring back Ganon. And so a group of Sheikah that were um, sort of disenfranchised and uh, offended by such exile broke off, and then they became followers of Ganon, and they became the Yiga clan, inverting their symbol. And their color as well, because that you know the Sheikah in this game they have that that uh the like white kind of like navy blue and orange robes. But the first the first game that Sheikah's in, she's a uh, you know Zelda Sheikah, but like she's fully blue. And the Sheikah arm you get is blue too. So it, just you have a good uh parallelism and and sort of opposite with the emblem and the color is 
and um in the in their weapon too they have a sickle they have very different type of style weapons compared to what the sheikah have so then you fight him i think he has about 60 health so if you have a 14 or 12 damage you know knight sword it's only going to take a few hits they attack very quickly they have a they have a really cool unique fighting style different moves it's it's a besides like the you know the lore aspect mechanically it's just, just a really fun fight and the music is pretty good too so once you defeat him you don't kill him um they retreat and they'll leave behind their weapon some bananas and some money <laughs> and um <clears throat> fucking bananas yeah done it bananas man bananas in this game had i known so then you're probably going to keep going uh at this point you'll go east to now you'll pass ash swamp in the blatchery plane you see all these decaying guardians then you get into the ruins of fort hateno in which right along this wall there are two korok seeds again i won't tell you where but you know if you're if you're trying to find all the korok seeds have fun go explore and um there's a house there Inside the house, there's a guy named Kalip, and uh, he's uh, he was he's uh, trying to dis- he's doing some research about shrines, and he discovered some 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 ancient text, and it's like a and it says, and, you know, in his little journal, it says, when a dark light resides in a statue's eyes, pierce its gaze to purge the seal from the shrine, and he's like, I wonder what this could mean, could mean, and you know, just up ahead of the road, there's like a deviation, and you know, a little field of statues. It's uh, a little bit to the west of the row bread drop off, and um, oh, also he has a qualms. He he won't tell you this information unless you call him Doctor Kalip. Not not like he doesn't say unless you call me Doctor Kalip. But when you when you acknowledge his PhD, which first of all, I don't even know how this man got a PhD. He has to be either from the one hundred years before, and he's a pretty old looking man, but he doesn't look that old. So maybe the you know the education system in Hateno Village, they have their own university. But I mean, what does it matter? Who's who? Who's gonna? What other? What other institutions are gonna say no? You don't have a PhD, right? Like he did it, I guess. Who's right. gonna stop me? He could have just decided one day. I've done. I've done enough research. I have a PhD, right? So <laughs> we could go. We could create some. You know, right now we could like come up with some lore for it, but. He has a PhD for whatever reason. How would how would you even explain that? I, I <laughs> there's nothing that in, the only place that indicates any form of schooling is in Gerudo Town, and we're not even there yet. And it's not, and it's not no, a type of class you would take at university, you know. Oh, <laughs> I guess he's self-taught, and you know the Sheikah are the most advanced race, you know, peoples in this game. From the from the, their technology from a thousand years ago to now, so I guess maybe he went to you know the different the different Sheikah tech guys and was like, please can I be smart enough to have a PhD? And they're like, ah yeah, go ahead, go nuts. And you know, Pur is in Hateno Village, was it, which isn't too far off. You know, maybe about a day's worth of travel for him. So maybe he Not studied. He studied under uh, in, in, uh, Pura's indirect influence and uh, gained. Gained his PhD, you know, her and her and uh, her assistant are the committee. So you'll head along this way. If you get that shrine, you get it. And you'll have two paths to deviate. You can have one where you can go and get Hateno Tower, which you probably should do. But either way, they all lead to Hateno, Hateno Village. 
Um, or you can go along this other path and there's an abandoned shack and like a little racetrack and a pond and a whole bunch of book goblins. But there's also some good loot here. You can get the, I forget what it's called. It's the shield that the Sheikah used. Oh, the shield of the mind's eye. And it has this very unique shape. And uh, the description is, it's a small Sheikah made shield. Its design is intended to decrease blind spots without sacrificing too much defense. So if you know, you're all about aesthetic, this is one of the nicer shields you can get. I recommend getting it. It's just really cool. And if you're good at parrying, you won't have to worry about, you know, losing durability. So you should get Hateno Tower and those two things. Then you'll walk into Hateno Village, probably on horseback. You might see some uh, some uh, mushroom hunting ladies in these <laughs> nearby woods before. You might choose to help them. You might not. But you'll walk into Hateno Village, right? And you see... This man, this little, uh, you know, country country bumpkin-looking fellow with the pitchfork. And he's like, hey, tell me who you are. You know, he's the protector of Hatena, and you can just straight up ignore him and walk past. You'll see a little kid looking in the ground. You see people running around. This is a, a very active... I think the NPCs are at least more active here than they are in Kakariko in that you see them interacting in the town. Whereas in Kakariko, you can talk to the NPCs, but they don't interact kind of how they do here. Um, so before we get into talking to Pura, let's, let's talk about Hateno Village first. You have the Mayam Agana Shrine, which is a little bit south on that, you know, have to walk up a little bit behind the, behind the general store and the, in the Bolson Co., these new architects. <laughs> then you have the Bolson Co. and the start of the Hateno Homeowner Side Quest, which is hands down it leads to the most important side quest in the game that's not the trial of the master sword so like non-dlc this side quest is super important i highly recommend it i still haven't done it you, can, <laughs> you, can, you basically can buy a house they're tearing down this old house and they're like hey what are you doing looks like what is this what's going on here and um i, I i'm annoyed because i met i met this guy mm-hmm. and really I, or carson uh, I, I think it was Carson. Uh, He's the weenie one. I, no, I, yeah, okay. So I met I met one of them that couldn't sell me the house. And they were like, oh, yeah, go talk to the boss to oh, get you met Carson about buying this house. And I was like, oh, where the fuck is he? But I, I was like, I got to go to this. Uh, Pura. I got to go meet Pura. So fuck that shit. <laughs> um, I'm in the house, by the way. It's just, and I've I've only recently learned, recently as in earlier today, that the man that I had to speak to about buying the house is literally around the wall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I still have not spoken to him, even though I am three divine beasts in. <laughs> Either way, buying the house is one of the the best side quests in the game. Best music in the game. You get yes. yeah, you you do something really cool. So what happens is you have to get. Is it? I think three thousand bucks in a it's three thousand rupees, thirty bundles, 30 of, bundles wood. of wood. Mm-hmm. And then he he sells you the house. The house is yours. And they're like, "Well, we're done with our project." And basically, what happened was the house had been standing for a hundred years vacant, and um, the town just decided, like, "Ah, let's tear it down." You know, no one's using it. It's a nice house, good location. Mm-hmm. So I think Hateno in general is just a nice village to like yeah, settle down in. If I was a real estate person, let's look at this house. It's it's secluded while still part to the village. It's a good location. 
you have that that little waterfall that leads into the Furley Pond and a pond on the property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have privacy. You have an amazing view of Hyrule. This thing is worth way more than 3,000 rupees. You get it for a steal, basically. Yeah. I mean, to complete the quest, you have to get like more and more wood, too. Mm-hmm. So... But definitely just for the house alone, it's a steal. You should do it. Learn learn to invest in, in real estate. Invest in yourself. <laughs> but um it's very it's very heavily hinted. At least, you know. Okay, I don't want to say heavily because I don't, you know, maybe you didn't know this. I don't want to like be like you're a dummy if you didn't realize. But um it seems like, you know, a house that's been empty for a hundred years, over a hundred years. Oh, Link has been asleep for 100 years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not of the royal family, so maybe this was his house. Mm-hmm. I thought that. Good. I'm glad you did. Um, someone, one of the screenshots from from Age of Calamity confirms that Link is from Hatena. So this is Link's oh. house. So it's really oh, wow. cool. It's really cool that. He he has this. Uh, he has this. He just wants to buy it. He has this feeling. He so they no scammed him. Buy it. Basically, I they didn't scam him. House. They didn't scam him. It's been it's been vacant for a hundred years. He has no surviving family. They don't know, and and you know, the calamity, not even, the calamity is not forgotten, but the heroes, the heroes, the this tale in the age of heroes is, the age of the champions is something that's not really relevant to the Hylian population at least anymore. You know, hence you have the guy, the Master Torch. Mm. <laughs> Right, you know all these Impa, Impa. She knows the sword, the the hero wielding the sword. That's the, you know the the bane of evil's blade, the sword that seals the darkness. They know, but these Hylian populations, these uh, especially Hateno's really far out from Central Hyrule. This uh, yeah. like remnant that survives, they don't they don't care. This isn't it's not that re- important to them, like that. It, it's you know it's how we look back at like. I don't know. Like, a, like a, if a hundred years from nine eleven, that's probably how people are gonna sort of treat it. I don't know. I, I, I had a. I've always kind of. I've been thinking about this for a while, and the way that people react to mm-hmm. the collapse, because essentially, the period that I professionally work on is is the Great Calamity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Depending on who you ask. So I don't know. I think it's interesting to me to look at how the people react to the great calamity and the memory of it, especially when it's very clear that a lot of these individuals can live past a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. But and there at least, are at least one in Hateno that's not Pura has, has lived that long. Has lived that long. So it, it's like, that's a pretty, a, a normal age for them. Uh, so generations are obviously longer than human generations. It's cool so, to see. It's cool to see though that no one lived through the calamity that's still surviving Hatena because they would know that's Link's house then. Yeah, they would know. Sure. But I, yeah, I don't know. I always, they I, just know, they just know it happened and it was a thing. This, yeah. this one, this one population in the game. The other, the others clearly know. You know. Like as I was saying, like the Sheikah clearly know, and once we get into the other the other groups of people, they clearly know. 
but that just this one Hateno village, which is really far from central Hyrule, and they're not the this place specifically does not have it's not the most technologically advanced. Yeah, they 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 founded Hateno village. They could live off the land. They were, they, and and then that's it. It became like a you know little farming town, a small farming town. <clears throat> it's also like you know thinking about how. Uh, collapse impacts societies and stuff and and using this game as a a microcosm of that which i've I've said microcosm i think maybe 15 fucking times in this podcast but it is that's why a lot of the game feels very real and relatable um and, and it's a great practice in world building because you get to see uh this this world is is kind of fragmented and split up it's not as integrated as the other Zelda games might be, and it's not as um, there's not as much living memory or collective it, memory because everybody friggin' died. <laughs> and it, and it, in some ways, it feels relevant to our world because nine eleven happened almost twenty years ago, right? And yeah. even within that twenty years, there's that you know that infamous Rob Patterson movie, which is some you know romantic <laughs> comedy. That ends with some some you know some romantic drama movie, which ends with Rob Patterson looking out the window of the Twin Towers on nine eleven. That happened less than twenty years ago. This, you know the it's interesting to see how people react to like big catastrophic you know, react to a massive social change brought yeah, on by external factors. Yeah, like especially nine eleven is not a, a great example, but it, it's close enough. It's it's I think it's the idea of it yeah it's close enough to what we have yeah it was such a shocking thing for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you um, know we we're like we live in that post time so it's fun to just it it's cool to see similarities to real world how the younger generations react to things that happened like so long ago they like they know what happened and they understand it's bad but they're it's not as impactful it's not as real to them yeah because then you'll talk to this guy manny and um, he's a uh, he's obsessed with the, the the girl that runs the inn. Oh God! Oh my! <laughs> like, he wants you to find out. He wants you to find out what she likes and stuff. It looks like get, okay. Yeah, but, but before we get into like his side questing thing, when you when you ask him about the calamity, he's like, "Oh, I don't like you know that's the that's the thing that happened a hundred years ago. Like that's ancient history, and it's got literally like you know she died fighting Ganon or something." They think Zelda's dead here in this town, which is interesting, by the way, because we know Zelda's alive. But we don't know at this point, you know, Zelda's like, to us, the gamer at this point thinks Zelda's like a bajillion years old. But they think Zelda's dead. And he's like, if you want to find out, you might want to try talking to one of the elders. And then you have um, the, the lady right across from her, and her name is Uma. And she's sitting on this little bench. And if you ask her about the calamity, she goes, oh, I know it was happened, but... She uh she was born right after the events of the like the calamity. So the moment it all happened ended, in that time period in Hyrulean history is called the Age of Burning Fields. Dylan and I were actually talking about it the other day. I was like, how cool! Like, I mean, not cool because it's obviously very like intense and just from the name alone, you can tell a lot of bad things happen. But it's it's a very like crazy name to give a time period post like post like Age of Burning Fields. You could only imagine how crazy life was then 50 years where the entire country was just on fire <laughs> yeah i mean you have no centralized government anymore the, the people are like what do we do 
they have to sort of reinvent their economy, right? Have you seen have you seen the fucking fields in Hyrule? It's it's just one big brush fire waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Can I can I interrupt real quick? Okay. I'm not interrupting. This is we're all so talking. You know, listen, so you know how there's a soup ladle like literally right near next to the next to her? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I remember I grabbed it and I just like <laughs> I grabbed it and I just hit <laughs> her. I did. I was like, wait. I was like, oh shit, this is a, I'm gonna be hitting people with this. And like, yeah, then that I was like, no, I can't do that. So I just started <laughs> and that's when she mentioned also. Not only does Wendy fair in fur trade, she abuses the elderly. Plato's <laughs> right. like, oh, do you want that? She's like, oh, you need help cooking. He's like, back off of me. I don't need it, but I want it. Just hits her hand with the wooden spoon and says, Don't ever speak to me again. That's how Wendy that's how Wendy became playing this game. <laughs> I just see anyway. Back back to Manny and his side quest. He wants you to find out more about Prima. He's obsessed. And Link's like, <laughs> Okay, whatever. You know, all right, weirdo, I'll help you out. You know, the rather be because Link knows there's gonna be some reward. So he goes and uh, annoys Prima, and Prima's not having it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people think Link is very, you know, very gorgeous to them. But Prima has no time. She's running the inn. She's a busy lady. She's like, ah, oh, this guy, this guy won't leave me alone. I'll just say something around. She goes, I want a hundred kick- crickets. And you no, know, Link, Link has no attachment to Prima. He's just doing favor for it. not even his buddy, just this guy. So he's like, what the fuck, a hundred crickets? All right, all right, weirdo. Let me go tell the other weirdo. <laughs> he goes back to tell the other weirdo, and he gets so excited. He's like, oh yeah, crickets, crickets. And he asks you to help him out and give you 10. So if you cut the grass here and there in the area, you can get 10 crickets fairly quickly, give it to him. I think he gives you like a silver rupee, which is 100 rupees. Nothing too exciting, but he's obsessed. Uh, It it won't go anywhere. Fortunately, Prima cannot... um, cannot be um, escaped from the there can't there can't be a positive ending for the simps of the world yeah, yeah you know you know you know prima does not get an escape to the predatory nature of manny the, the you know he he's the he's the guardian of Hatino. he he's just checking out the the people that are coming into town and he says like hot ladies at first and catches himself he's definitely in the <laughs> so all right that might be a stretch but he's not he's in, i don't i don't like manny too much um, there's also Neb, the little kid running around and uh-huh. talk to him. He's like, Oh, my grandpa died, and you're like, what the fuck? He's like, he always told me how badass fucking weapons were. And if you show me one, I'll give you money. He's you know Oh, I love that kid. He's like, oh, I just remembered that kid. And he gets so excited. It's not like it's not like, oh, go get me this now. It's like, whoa, that's the coolest thing ever. Can you show me this? I'll give you a reward. And I think over the course of it you might get like three hundred bucks. It's a really fun thing to do, and not only does it encourage you to explore, it also encourages you to use these different weapons because you're gonna have to acquire them to bring it back to Neb. Um, additionally, there's also that little kid in the in the front of Hateno. Yes. Uh, I forget his name, but this is probably aside from the main quest, practically the most important part of Hateno Village. Mm-hmm. And, um, I forget his name, but he tells you about this funky looking statue he found. And uh, he's like, oh, don't worry, guy. I'll show you. Just follow me. So you kind of go along this, like, little wonky path. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, he's, take, he's taking you around. And I don't know what was going. I'm not sure if you guys know what I'm talking I think Wendy knows what I'm talking about for sure. Yeah, he's at the like front. Guys. 
yeah, yeah, his, his the friend. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know what I'm talking about, but at least in the moment, like when I was thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder what this is gonna be like. You know, this is gonna be something cool as hell, right? Do you know what I'm talking about, Ange Dylan? The st- I have no idea. The statue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like before you knew it was a statue, like did you know what was happening? Oh, not at all. No. No. And so, so you find this statue, and it looks just like the goddess statue. Mm-hmm. But it has wings and little horns, and it has like ellipses next to it. And the shape of the statue looks like a lady or just a, some hooded, cloaked figure hunched over, like sitting on their butt with their knees in front of their chest, and their hands are like grabbing their feet with the chin resting on the knees themselves. And you can talk to it. And he's like, oh, you can talk to me? You can hear me? And it turns out a long, long time ago, this was a demon that was sealed into this statue as punishment by the goddess Hylia. And over time, he's uh, he sort of lost his vindictive nature and he's just kind of chilling. <laughs> but as a demon, he does have some properties which you may find useful, which the demon can em- uh, tamper with your essence. So you can sell the demon either a heart, a piece of heart, or you know a part of your stamina for about a hundred bucks, and then you can buy it back for a hundred twenty. So this is just a cool way, you know. It's just a respec. Yeah, you can, you know, maybe you started off the game with a bunch of stamina, and now you need to go get the master sword, or you need to go fight a boss, and you keep dying. So you're like, oh, let me just go back and buy and sell my stamina and buy it back as hearts. Well, I didn't know this shit. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, cool. go talk to the little kid. <laughs> yeah, go talk to the little kid in front of Hateno. He'll take you right to it. I, mm-hmm. I, I'll admit, I spent like maybe thirty-four minutes in Hateno. It's funny, yeah. You don't. There's a lot of Hateno. There's a lot in Hateno, but it's it doesn't. From the surface, there's not a lot to pull you in right away to keep you there for a while. I really yeah, like Hateno. I, I was too. not. I was not super drawn to it. Yeah. But once you go back, once you start like doing the things, you'll definitely get into it a bit more. There's a very strong, like dreamlike quality about Hateno, which it's, is uh, probably... it's the, the Western and European ideas of like an idyllic or you know ideal countryside, mm-hmm. like you know the small the small farm town you find in the countryside of you know like France, Germany, you know anywhere like Western Europe switzerland it, it kind of fits that vibe you know with the little windmills and the you know the happy cheery people it's very mm-hmm. cute there's only like two shops so it, it it does kind of fit that and and aesthetically the game the this the game this town looks really nice it's the beautiful layout, the layout of all the buildings and again like we we're talking about Link's house the view oh yeah and the the no, music no, is no, very no. the music is very minimalist but also very uh beautiful as well i think it's fire here you also have the armor shop and the general shop you can buy some bomb arrows from this guy he's a cool guy he's got glasses <laughs> i do go i i do like the dye shop the dye shop yes i was about to get there you can go oh. to the armor shop and you can buy either the traveler the like the traveler's clothes again or you can get they found that some recovered knights highly in knight armor from the old Hylian Knights. And then you go a little ways forward and you find the dye shop and you meet Sage, S-A-Y-G-E. 
who is the owner of the of the dye shop and for the small price of 20 rupees you can dye your clothes uh, from a certain array of colors that he has available to you and this is a really fun way to personalize your journey and make this is you know link is a is an established character but this is a way to make link you know reflect you the player fashion of the wild mm-hmm. and you don't have to, <laughs> like, you don't have to wear one set of armor you can mix and match so you know unless you're like you might love the cannon you might wear the regular Hylian trousers with the champion's tunic or you know you might spice it up and you have the you know the rubber tights with the Hylian the Hylian tunic and um you know the chic, the the stealth the stealth uh, face mask or whatever wait is anyone is anyone wearing dyed clothing right now in the game i am yeah i am um my my i have my uh warm doublet is dyed my Hylian tunic Hylian tunic is dyed my Zora armor is dyed. My the 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 armor is dyed. My climbing armor is dyed. My Sheikah armor. I did the light blue because I like the navy blue that you get normally, but I really like the light blue that the game has a lot more. It's a mm-hmm. bit more vibrant. Cause it's a nice. It's a little more cartoony. Nah, I guess not. Not cartoony, but it's it's definitely more vibrant. But I love dyeing my clothes in this game. Um, my Helian. Uh, Hood? No, the whole entire uh, Helian um, outfit is pink. The whole <laughs> um, thing? Yeah, the whole thing. It's oh it, looks, it looks funny. It looks funny. Um, what did I die? Um, I think what, I think it was the Zora's entire outfit. It's like a teal. Yeah, it's a teal color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's brighter, and I really like that. So I often I wear that one quite often, just because I like it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I wear the the khaki climbing shirt mm-hmm. with the the standard olive gray uh, climbing pants, Ooh. and then I wear a a, a dark brown Hylian hood. Oh, very yeah, nice. yeah! I really, I really earthy. like it. You like earthy tones. I do. You? I do like those earth tones. Look at you! I, I almost... look a little camouflaged. It's nice. I almost exclusively wear the uh, stealth armor, like, 100% of the time. Because <laughs> um, I really like it a lot, and I have mine dyed in black, I believe. Oh. Ooh, black? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's also a nice alt for Sheik in, um, in Smash Ultimate. Mm-hmm. In Smash Ultimate Sheik, her her uh, her outfit is based on, actually, Breath of the Wild, uh, the Breath of the Wild stealth armor. She has the armor plates. So hers... hers Hers in that game looks really nice. Um, my um, my Hylian tunic is dyed crimson, which is similar to the default color, except the 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 shirt underneath instead of it being green, it's purple. Oh, like that's that cool. I like that combination. So it's like it's a very it's a very like a <laughs> minute, seemingly insignificant detail, but that one I like a lot more because sometimes I like to re. You know, we were talking, Dylan. I like to play the game with all the different amiibo armors. Yeah. But, um, in a link to the past, you can get the red mail, where um, his tunic is red and his hat is purple. So I like to kind of recreate that, where I'll dye like, you know, the the hat, the 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 classic, you know, link hood, the little pointy hood hat, purple, and I'll keep that crimson red that like resembles the link to the past red mail. And since it has the purple sleeves, it matches with the hat. So yeah. I really like to have, you know. I'm I'm really big on the the fashion. I I, I think that I don't know. I I, I love that kind of shit in that game. Fashion fashion simulator. 
Yeah, so and like Cooking, Cooking Mama and Fashion Simulator. Cooking Mama, Mario Basketball, New York, New York Fashion Stylists Simulator, <laughs> Mario Runway, Mario Basketball. Uh, with uh throwing bombs with Korok leaves. You got Super Mario Super Sluggers, Superstar, yes. whatever the fuck. Yeah, man, you got everything in this game. Link's facial reactions when you're gonna dye your clothes is hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's because Wendy, he knew that you, the player, was gonna dye him all pink. <laughs> oh, he he's like, he, that's why he made that face. I'm gonna send you a picture with that whole oh, pink outfit. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna send it in the group chat. <laughs> that's so funny. So you'll probably spend a bit of time at Sage until your money runs out or that you remember that you need to buy a house. And then we'll keep going. And um, you'll find, uh, oh, what's her name? Ralera. And um, she she tells you like, oh, I moved here with my with my husband. She was reminiscing oh, about yeah. her, her hometown, Lurland Village, which is very far south of here, and it's a beach shore. She was reminiscing of the salt the salty wind that her and her husband had to cross. Um, lake hylia to get here and it's cool because you get to see how long the travel is because just on the map lurland village and tato village are really close but it's such a high mountain you have to scale you know only link only link can do it there's no road connecting from that path so they had to go all the way around a long way around probably like uh, maybe a month's worth of travel if you're diligent but and, the, and she said, I'm surprised we made it alive. It's not it's not too bad. You have two stables about halfway. You One you will have to deviate to get to, but, you know, to rest. And the stables are usually generally guarded, which is nice. Uh, mm -hmm. But then that stretch from, like, the Highland Stable past Lake Hylia, you might, you would have to go way far north to Riverside Stable to get, to get some um, coverage. But otherwise, you would have to go all the way to Dueling Peak Stable, and that's a long ways to be alone. And, you know, at the, the outpost ruins and eat, in East Post Ruins, there's a lot of there's a lot of monsters there, so I imagine it's very difficult. Good thing they don't have children. They would have been like, uh, what's that movie, Bird Box? Or, uh, oh. that, or it'd be like, what's the other one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, a Quiet Place? Yeah, it would be like that. They're <laughs> trying to travel and, and not, you know, not alert the, the moblins. They're very, they're very, um, they are very, uh, you know, they're very uh, quick to hear things. The, those monsters, they'll... You know, they might be dumb. They might pick their nose. You know, they might dance around the fire and have a good time together. You know, they're just buddies. They're just budding around. But as soon as they hear footsteps, they, they perk up and they grab their clubs and they're ready to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> we haven't even made it to Puri yet. We've been talking about Hateno for so yeah, long. Yeah, we've been talking about Hateno uh, a long time. Because there's a lot to unpack in Hateno. So you go Pur all the Pur is a good stopping point, though. Oh, I have... I have my notes. I still have more I want to say, so we can you can wait. Um, we're hitting the two-hour point. I told you guys. I warned you guys. This episode is gonna be a lot longer. So you, you know, you get you you get what you asked for. And by asked for, you didn't ask for it. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, another side quest. Right before we get to Hateno Village, is this lady? Uh, some bokoblin snuck into her farm and stole her sheepsies. So you have to go down to Hateno Beach in Hateno Bay and uh, beat beat the crap out of some uh, some monsters and uh, 
save her sheeps and she'll reward you. And at this point, you will have probably made it to Pura and you're like, finally. Then you walk in, you know, Link does the classic thing where he just busts. He goes through both doors. He pushes mm. both doors at once. He doesn't just go through one. His presence must be very well known. And uh, you go to talk to this little child standing on a stool. And uh, she she goes, oh, you're here to meet with the director? And you're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, he's in the back. So you go in the back and you meet this guy named Simon, spelled S-Y-M-I-N. And uh, he's like, oh, I work here. Simon? The- oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dylan, I don't want to have to spend this is two hours I'm going to have to sit through to add bleeps. Please. You don't need to bleep it. I do need to bleep it. Why? This is supposed to be be for all ages. And they're going to learn eventually. Yeah, but we get get our audience limited if we're 18 plus. (laughs) Damn you, Dylan. Damn you. So so he talked to Simon. (laughs) And then he's like, you know, he gets he starts talking about his work for a bit. Then he's like, Oh, that Sheikah's laid on your hip. You must be Link. And Link's like, How'd you know? And he's like, Oh, we were told that uh someone coming coming this way with a Sheikah slip, Sheikah slid on their hip with uh, named Link would be stopping by. And he goes, You should probably talk to the director, she's over there. And Link is like, Director? And then Pura does that thing, she jumps around, she does a little hand sign, she goes, Check. She's like, Ha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Played a prank on you. I'm actually the director. Even though I'm like two feet tall, probably the only person in this game that Link is taller than. <laughs> <laughs> and so she 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 reveals herself to you. She talks to you. She's like, "Hey, girl. Hey, what's happening? You guys should chat for a little bit." She's like, "You don't remember me, do you?" She was the one that actually carried Link to the Shrine of Resurrection. So that's a uh, that's really cool. She placed him there. She talked about how she learned about the Shika the Shika Slate uh, runes. Um. Additionally, uh, the Sheikah Slate was also locked in with Link, so she couldn't do too much research either. And she said, after the the calamity, since the king, since the the castle, you know, Hyrule fell, uh, they said that they have no funding, and she's drained all her personal funds, so their research is fairly limited. Which I thought was really funny. I mean, it's sad when you think about it, but in the game, it's a funny moment. Um. And she's like, she gets to the nitty gritty. Well, first she she goes, Link is like, you look like a child. And she goes, how rude? And she goes, well, that's pretty observant. And um, basically, she she won't tell you, but uh, she said it's in her diary upstairs. And don't look at it, which is a game mechanics way of saying you can go read and go look at it. <laughs> and you know, at some point, she she tried uh, making this um, serum or thing or whatever to make her DH a little bit, and it worked. Then eventually went she went all the way back to like a six year old's body. You hate but to see it. She's managed to stay relatively intact mentally. I think she's a I think it said she like she dematured a bit, but otherwise she's she's all there. So she goes, Alright, we'll fix the we'll fix your Sheikah slate. And you're like, Yay. She goes, We have to do something for me first. And she goes, You didn't think I'd do it for free for you. And Lincoln either say I did, or you know, you can like play it off and be like, Oh no, of course, of course I knew you know, I have to do something. And Link and Link said paraglider, paraglider, please. No, he did not. Link is nice to Pura. He goes, of course, I was going to have to do something for you. Outside of the Hateno Ancient Tech Lab, there's a furnace that needs to be lit with the blue flame, which is like I forget exactly where it is. I think it's near the Zelkoa Pond. 
So you kind of have to, you have to, you can jump from your prayer ladder to go all the way back. But coming back mm -hmm. up, you'll have to keep a torch lit to walk all the way back up to use that blue flame to light the furnace. Then she can, you know, restore your Sheikah slate. Then you get some pictures. And you should probably go back to Impa. And, you know, that's the whole memories, memory side quest thing. And then she goes, we can upgrade your runes, but she needs guardian parts. And if, you know, at this point you were very brave or, you know, on the Great Plateau and in these ruins, you, you searched around some guardians, you might find some guardian parts. You may have gotten them from some shrines nearby, but you will have to um, you'll have to do that. And I highly recommend because the upgraded runes, you know, you get stronger bombs. They 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 uh, they regenerate faster. Additionally, stasis you can stasis enemies, so living things you can stop time within them, which is freaking busted. And if the Sheikah Slave was only a fraction of the technology ten thousand years ago, no wonder why there's they said. That the Sheikah are dangerous <laughs> to be exiled. Um, so you should do that. And once you do, she tells you about her, her brother, Robbie, who manages the tech lab in Akala. You should go, you should go meet him. And at this point, you're probably wondering, damn, I got so much, I got so much walking to do. What's up with that? But remember, they wanted to, the only three people that, that were alive to keep Zelda's message, they, they had him spread out so that if one of them was taken out by a guardian or some calamitous Ganonist force, there was two others to, you know, take the place. So calamitous Ganonus. You like that? I do like that. That's really strong. And so after this, you're like, this is the main quest. You're done with Hateno for now. Um, and what I did was, cause you know, we're kind of following my path. I went back to Kakariko and that's when you learn about the memories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and and then there's the pictures and the first memory that you know she goes try to remember them and this is where pick pick on go pick and go pickman pickman go comes in handy and he and he tells you that um pickle pickle yeah pickle pickle go you know kind of like pokemon go he he uh he goes oh he if you show him the picture from you know the pictures that zelda took on the shiga slate he can tell you where it was and the first one is by lanayru road east gate so if you decide to venture out that way, you'll pass the Lanayru Promenade, and it's a really cool design, like lake place, with a uh, at least like how the game looks. The game is really designed well there. There's a shrine somewhere there that you may find, and once you get to the East Gate, the memory is there. You get pro you get probably your first memory, which is um, <laughs> which is a calamity Ganon awakening. I won't go too into detail with that because then, like, at this point, why would I would just, you know, tell you, just go search up the memory. It's called, um, I forget which, what number it is. Oh, it's uh, Memory 15 Return of Calamity Ganon. So you can search that up on YouTube to watch it. Or if you played it, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. That's, a, that's a good one. Then after that, I kind of, I kept going north and I was exploring. Uh, I stumbled upon the, you know, I was in, like, the wetland, the Lanayru wetlands. And I stumbled upon the Dakatu Shrine. I did that one. Then I kept going north. And then I, you know, my Shika sensor went off. And I did the Shirata Shrine. And here, how I did the shrine was there's like a little, there's like a, a little island where the, where the, where the shrine is. And it's surrounded by like a bunch of spikes and stuff. Yeah. It's very difficult to get to. There's also some Lazolfos there. And there's a little tower on the other, on the south side of the bank. 
So what I did was I climbed the tower, then I made a fire so I could have an updraft to pick me up and carry on over to it. But once I was there, I met Azora. This is the first Zora I met. I forget the Zora's name. And once you, you know, once you do Zora things, it, they don't stay there anymore. They go back. And basically, he tells you that this prince, his chief prince, Sidon, is um is basically trying to request a... He's looking for a highland. He needs help. So he see he asks you like once you're done doing things, will you go check him out? Like please, and you say yes, uh, or you can say no and you do your own thing. But at least you're you're aware that you're sort of needed somewhere. And he's like Sidon's near in Inogo Bridge, and so I started heading that way actually. And then I stumbled upon the soul the soul Kofi Shrine. That's the minor test of strength. And then I got right across from it the Lanayru Tower. So, so the game kind of pulls you to go this way, right? You're you're starting your first your first divine beast, and I know for me, Zora's domain was my first divine beast. And I think it's the same for both for not both you guys, everyone here, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys said yeah at the same time. That just proves it. Zora's domain is like the unofficial but official first one you go to. It's it's really cool. So then once I made it to here, I met a I met another Zora on the Lanayru Tower, and he's like, oh. um... I was just standing here when, when, the, when the tower bursted bursted forth from the ground, and I'm scared of heights, so I haven't been able to dive back into the water. And I don't know yeah. how to get down. But then he tells you about Sidon also. So then you 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 um you go a little ways, and then you meet this uh you go to Inogo Bridge, and once you walk there, you hear hey, and you get pulled into a cutscene. And you see your red fish in the water, and that's and that's where we'll cut it story-wise for today. Ooh, cliffhanger! Yeah, we'll figure out who this mysterious fish boy is next next episode. I'm trying to review my notes, see what, else, see what else I have. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But all right, that's 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 it for episode two. Now, now we'll do a discussion part. What did you guys think of like this whole basically the Kakariko Hateno? to you know we're not even at source domain yet like the big the ingling of that part like let's talk about it Ange and wendy you guys are always the notoriously quiet ones so you guys you know i i, I implore you to take the lead now and he, <laughs> he implores me to stop talking <laughs> about one thing particularly but dylan and i are always the, we're the chat you know we're chatty cathy's here what is that thing hmm I'm what, gonna end, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the recording right now, Dylan. Please what? just let it go. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll let it go. Thank you. So Wendy and Ange, come on, you guys can't just be quiet. Dude, Ange's probably asleep. I'm not asleep. It's just I'll save this for after the podcast. Um oh? I what think I think you know the transition from Kakariko to Hateno. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. memorable because once you're done with these two, you're completely on your own. And I think that's why it sticks out in my mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. See, for me, it it barely stuck out because of that. Yeah. Like the transition between Kakariko and Hateno, I was so done. I was like, I don't want to go to Hateno at all. <laughs> I, I want to just go. Mm-hmm. Stop giving me things mm-hmm. to do. Stop, 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 stop. I don't care about this poor old woman. I I, I don't care. I want to go, 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 go. Like that's <laughs> so. I don't know. I that's why I barely spent time in Hateno, and I'm kind of like realizing I should go back and do some more stuff there. 
But I was like, I have seen too much of this world now to want to go back. I think and I, <laughs> it, it also doesn't help that the... You're not talking about it, you realize, hold on real quick, Angie, not talking about it, you realize that you haven't seen <laughs> You haven't seen much of it, I know. Oh, but I was like, I've seen so much of this world and you're still holding my hand. Let me go. I want, I want to go. I, I want to find the desert. That, that was my objective. <laughs> But I want desert. That's all I want. Because I have I talked. Have I talked about my life's dream? Yes, you have on on the podcast. Not on the podcast, but (laughs) save it. Save it. Angel's about to save it for the Gerudo episode. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Angel. Um, I think it doesn't help that the cutscene in Kakariko is so long. Not that it doesn't deserve to be long, but like once you're sitting there listening to Impa talk about everything for so long, you kind of just want to go out and do your own thing. Everything that sounds incredibly similar to what King Rome just told you. Yeah, (laughs) very true. Yeah, I mean, like when I was at Kakariko, I spent a lot of time there. I think my biggest, well, one of my goals was just trying to find the Great Fairy Fountain. I I struggled. I think I even like texted Luke. I'm like, hey, so where the fuck is it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like just keep just just find it okay you'll find it you'll find it you're like around there and uh on my way to Hateno village i i got lost like <laughs> I, I don't know why i do this thing where it's like okay i have a goal i need to get from a to b and then i'm like oh what if i go this way yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna just go this way and then i just end up getting demolished by like all these fucking enemies and like uh, it, yeah and when I reached um, Hateno Village, that's when I was like, "Hold on, hold on. This this is new. This is new. This is nice. Hold on, my mic fell. Wait." Um, and I think the I I start off with the kid. Like I spoke to the little kid first at the entrance. We're kind of going back to that. That's why that's the one that I remembered the most. Like it's yeah. the one that's in my brain. I'm like Hateno Village, the little kid that gu- that guided me to the fucking demon, um, and. Then something else that also stuck with me from Tenno Village was when I had the blue flame and the little kids started to follow me. I found that to be the most purest thing. I was like, this is so cute. And I, I literally would just walk into the village and I'm like, look at my blue flame, everyone. Look at it. Look at it. And oh, it was just so cute. How The one kid, I don't know what his name is, was just following me around. I'm like, oh. Do you want it? I can't give it to you, but like, if I could, I'd just take it. Uh, so yeah, like that's. I think that's one of the most enjoyable moments for me in Tino Village. Um, aside from like whacking the old lady with the soup ladle. Oh my god! Why? Um, <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> listen, I have an armor. I'm like, yo, listen. I want to see what they what they're gonna say. Uh, they say ouch, or they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, okay. I would say that if you hit me normally, not in a game also. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. I mean, yeah, they can't do anything in the game anyways. <laughs> it's not like they're going to stop me. You're really yeah, exactly. making yourself to be the monster. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, yeah, I just, after I was done with that, I think Pura uh, tells you to go to Robbie. And I lost myself again. 
so there's that whole entire journey. And then obviously, like, I'm trying to find Korok. So that's, <laughs> that's another one that I'm just, like, digging around, trying to see what rock looks odd, which tree just sticks out to me. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll find it here. You'll have to so. look for more than just rocks. There's the ones in the ones in uh, this area. There, there aren't there aren't many um like in Hitano proper. I think just uh, one. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're a little more creative. Yeah, to, I know that pop like the little balloons. You have to look at the flower. They have to stand on the thing. Mm-hmm. The ones here are pretty are, are the fun are some of my favorite my favorite ones that I got in all the nine hundred. <laughs> there's one like the I uh, I don't know if I should say it. It's like further down. I don't know. It's kind of like um, beanbag toss, except we're doing it with the rocks. Oh, I had the basketball. You know what you're not talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get one. so frustrated when I I'm always like first try, and then I never get it first try. I'm like you're kidding me. <laughs> but then when I do, I go absolutely bonkers. Also, I mean, we can wrap up soon. We're almost approaching like two hours and thirty minutes. Did anyone do the the sheep's the sheep side quest? Did anyone know about that? Nope. I didn't. I think I, I, I did. Didn't know about, I didn't know about that my first time. And it's such a fun side quest. <laughs> you see, when you go down to, like, Hatano Bay and you see them, all the sheeps are, like, in this pit. <laughs> like, there's a little boat, there's, like, a little, uh, like, monster fort in the Bokoblins and the Bokoblins are just hanging out and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> they're, they're about to, they're getting ready for the barbecue. <laughs> oh, no. I may go back to do that one. You know, Breath of the Wild Link is called the Hero of the Wilds, but he should be called the Hero of Sheeps because he directly he directly saves the sheep. I don't know if he's much of an environmentalist. I don't know what he's done for the wild. The slate, the slate hero. The slate is that a slate? <laughs> that device on your hip. Look, imagine you live in a you live in a time where, like, way before your time, everyone had the coolest technology. You know, they could fly and stuff, teleport. But now all that's left is one iPad that only kind of works. You would definitely want to get your hands on that. You know, you need some HBO, some Hylian broadcast. Hero of the iPad. <laughs> the hero of the iPad. The hero of the Wii U. <laughs> it's, hero it's, of the Wii U gamepad. It's, it's so obvious how they were trying to make it the gamepad. <laughs> but uh, anyone else having some closing things? I'm looking forward to talking about Zora's domain. We know, yes. Wendy. We know. Jeez, Ange. <laughs> okay, Ange. And the music's great. Okay, not I, right I now. I checked the email again. We still have no questions. So, um, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can email us questions at neighborswisdompodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Dylan, please. I'm doing I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is it for episode two, part two of the Breath of the Wild series of Neighbors Wisdom podcast. Um, if you would like to ask us any questions, you again can reach out to us at neighborswisdompodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram under the same name. Uh, you can also DM me on Twitter at TippyTown. You can find Dylan as PiffBoogly on Instagram. Uh, you can find Wendy at Just Koroks, and you can find Ange at what's your at again? I always forget. <laughs> Ange Jasmine one. You should make a. You should. You should make a, a Nehru's wisdom or Ange. You should maybe. Maybe you should be on top of the Nehru's podcast Twitter then. Sure. Ooh yeah. You still, the password is still on the Discord. Mm-hmm. 
if any hackers are listening to us, don't hack the Discord, please. Also, make sure I don't know when this is coming out, but make sure you go vote, please. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh my god, now I have pressure to upload this before. In like what five days? Oh shit. That's okay. You can just leave that stuff in. <laughs> no, <it didn't. laughs> Why not? It'll make your life easier. Alright, guys. What should I have for them? So I think I'm not gonna do it. I don't know. I, I think for the beginning music, it's gonna be should I do Kakariko, Kakariko and Hateno Village music as the music? Yeah, Kakariko at the beginning and Hateno at, at the end. end. Right, yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's a good. Alright, guys. All we'll, see you. we'll see you in the next one. Have a Bye. have a lovely have a lovely time. Bye. I love you all. <laughs> and please, please send us questions to the email. I'm, just, I'm, I'm so he ready. He wants them. He I'm wants so them. You can ask and us about iconic, anything. Please. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be about Breath of the Wild. It can be about any Zelda game. It can even be about whatever things. It can be about Dylan. Just ask us a question at Nick who's listening to the podcast. And... Yeah.